Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn boob related show on the planet, the John Cavett Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. And it's good to be back. You guys may notice we didn't do a, a show on Friday, Thursday. Uh, me, Anne, and our friend Kaori, we decided to take an impromptu trip out to Vegas, so that's why we didn't do a show on Friday, but we did do some podcasts, but it's great to be back here in studio, and we are very glad that you are joining us here today. Speaking of being glad that we're being joined, we got Kimberly Curran is here. Kimberly, how are you doing? Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Good to have you here. And of course, manning the live chat, he's here. He's one Mr. Ray Aura. Ray, how you doing, buddy? Happy Monday. He's here. He's going to be in the live chat chatting with you guys as well. So you can fight for watching the show live. Jump in the live chat. You can talk to him. By the way, Ray. Yes. I got it. Oh, no. I got it. He got it. I know. He knows. I know what <laughs> I want our bet to be now. Okay. Ah. <laughs> so for those of you who may not know, Ray and I decided we were going to have a bet. I believe on November 29th, they're going to put out a third Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. That'll end with Tickets on sale. I believe November 29th is going to be a new trailer. So Ray doesn't think there will be. And so we made a little bet. We decided to make a bet. Now, he wants me. You guys know I almost vomit and gag at the thought of ketchup on eggs. <laughs> and um, so he wants me to eat some eggs with ketchup on it on the show. On the show. So that's if I lose. That's if I lose and there is no trailer. But Ray, I know what I want from you. And it is. Now, now, now. I haven't heard. No, no. So you haven't agreed to it yet. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't told me, but, but... These are the terms. These are the terms. I will eat ketchup on eggs, and you, for one episode of the John Campia show, <laughs> have to wear this costume that I will order you from Amazon. That is just nasty. <laughs> that is nasty that you want to see me in that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, uh, that's, man, that's. You want me to eat ketchup and eggs uh, and vomit? Then oh if God. there is a trailer. Man, you see, you pick something where I actually have to think, how important is this to me? <laughs> you want me to eat how ketchup and eggs? How important is this to me? Hmm. So you've got, you've got until tomorrow's show to decide if you accept the bet. You've got oh, until man. tomorrow's show. So tomorrow's show, you got to That's a lot me. of skin that's going to be showing. Well, <laughs> too much skin. For I'll, the... I'll let you wear a regular T-shirt. Oh, you can man. wear a regular T-shirt okay. if you okay. want. Okay, I'll take the bet right now. You're going to take it right now? I will take it right now. This is so important to me. Sony, <laughs> if you're listening, please do not release it on the same day as the tickets go on sale. I need this. We need this. 29th. Bet is on... Um, Imaginary handshake right here. Oh, yeah. Imagine, imaginary imaginary handshake. handshake. Here we go. So, guys, on. on the 30th is when you can expect to see this vision, but with Ray or Somebody Photoshop this for me. Put Ray in this outfit no. for me on Photoshop right no, now. No, because it's... Okay. Tutu Grande. <laughs> I love that it's called Tutu Grande. Oh, and man. not Tutu for large size men. Tutu, Tutu Grande. Grande. That's, Tutu that's what Grande. it is. It's the only one I could find, but that's, that's the bet. All right. Listen, guys, we have a bunch of things 
that we need to cover here today. And so here's how today's show is going to go. As always, we break the show into two parts. The first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. And then the second half of the show, we're going to hear from you guys. Now, look, if you're watching live and you would like to put in a thought, opinion, or comment on one of the stories we're discussing, use the Super Chat feature in the live chat there, and you can send that in, and we'll read all your comments, thoughts, and opinions, or, or theories, whatever, once we're done the main topics. However, if you'd like to get a question read on the show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there, or you can enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form and uh, just put it out, fill in your amount, whatever, send it in, and we will read your question on this show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be read on the show, of course. But most importantly, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here involved with the John Campus Show, thank you guys so much for your support. All right, guys. Let's get things uh, started here. Oh, I almost forgot the one other thing. want to remind you guys, if you need your daily fix of the John Campia Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're at the gym or you're commuting or you're running, whatever... Good news, there's an audio-only version of the show called the John Campia Show Podcast. Just go into your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campia Show, and subscribe to the podcast today so it will be there when you need it. And we thank all of you guys who have already subscribed to the podcast. Okay, with that down, we've got a couple of off-the-tops to do here, so let's get started with this one. Many of you guys will remember that back at the uh, Disney Investors Day call, that was, I guess, like a year ago now. That was a great event. Better than Disney Plus Day. Certainly better than the 2021 version of DC Fandom. But that was a great event. Anyway, one of the things that they talked about that surprised a lot of us was that they were going to do an Aliens thing. Well, here's something interesting. Director Ridley Scott is now saying that they've got the Bible and the pilot and the series all planned out for Aliens. And they've got a pilot written for a Blade TV series, a Blade series, and an Alien series. Now, this comes us from the folks over at Variety. Blade Runner, John. What's that? It's Blade Runner. Oh, what did I say? Blade. Oh, sorry, Blade Runner. Sorry. Equally dope. We were, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about Blade later. That's why I had that on the break. Thank you. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Very important distinction. Thank you for throwing that in, Ray. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, this, again, comes to us from the folks of Variety who says, Ridley Scott has confirmed that live-action TV series of two of his most enduring movies, Blade Runner and Alien, not Blade, uh, are fast-progressing with pilots written for both shows. Speaking with the BBC on Monday, the House of Gucci Helmer suggested that the Blade Runner adaptation is being plotted as a 10-episode series. We have already written the pilot for Blade Runner and the Bible. So, we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV show for the first 10 hours. Now, then he went on to talk about Alien, but Scott said Alien was getting a similar treatment. A pilot is being written along with the Bible of what uh, aspires to be a eight to 10 hours uh, worth of TV show. So we got both going there. Now, I was a little iffy when they said they were going to be doing an Alien show in the first place. Alien to me is a franchise that has been, I'll use the word dying. It's a dying franchise. I, I feel like the interest in the franchise has waned. Um, they haven't really, there hasn't been a great alien movie since Aliens, since the second Alien movie. I don't think there's been a truly great one since. There certainly has been a lot of interest, but I feel like that interest has waned a lot. So 
I thought it was a very curious thing when they said they were going to do a series on FX, particularly one that says it's going to be based on Earth. So I don't know. Maybe there could be something there. Blade Runner, I'm very confounded by. Blade Runner has a great mythology and background to it. But the reality is, despite the fact that it became an all-time cult classic, there wasn't a ton of interest in the first Blade movie when it was in theaters. Now, it became known, I'm not a fan of the first Blade movie. I... I know my, my friends look at me weird. Both Scott Mance and Robert Meyer Burnett look at me very weird when I say I don't like the original Blade movie, whatever. But I acknowledge it is considered one of the all-time classic sci-fi films. But then they did Blade Runner 2049, which I believe is a better movie. That movie's great. Nobody wanted to go see it. Now, there's several reasons for that, but it kind of suggests to me that Blade Runner does not have, you know, that kind of following. I I, I have not felt any sort of desire or, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for of any sort of a vacuum out there for Blade Runner content. I just haven't felt like that's been there. I So when they say that we're developing this Blade Runner series, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I understand that's one of your most celebrated properties, but does anybody really care? And while I'm sure there'll be some hardcore fans and people, you know, who love, both the original movie and Blade Runner 2049. I'm sure there's going to be some hardcore ones that say, this is fantastic news. I just don't know that anybody's going to watch it. So I, I don't know, like, Kim, have, do you have any desire to see a, a Blade Runner series? Have, have you thought, like, you know what we really need is a Blade Runner series? I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? I've never thought to myself, oh, we need to go there. But there's so much world building that can happen. I love, love, love what he did with Blade Runner 2049. Loved what it. What Denis Villeneuve did, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, so, so good. beautiful. So good. And I, I, as long as you're, and it's hard if you're doing a TV show, if you're matching those visuals, it's just paintings. Like, the, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I'm just watching a movie, like this one painting, and I'm just watching the story go. If you have the visuals there and you can really dive deeper into that world, why not? Why not? I thought Kay was such an interesting character, uh, Ryan Gosling's character. And I think there's a lot there, but you have to find a way to pull in the people who aren't diehard fans uh, from the first Blade Runner, which, by the way, how could you say that, John? How I, I, I know. can you say that? A lot of people get upset with me. I, I just I I've never been taken with the first. I, I want to like it. I want to be like all the cool kids, but I it just didn't work for me. Look, everybody's got a movie that everybody else loves that they yeah. don't. Blade I, Runners. I'll, is, I'll let you have this one. But yeah. I love Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. I love beautiful, that one. Again, film. I just don't know if people are, are going to be interested in the show. I know. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? I mean, there was obviously interest in the Alien series, even though I wonder how successful that can be. But Blade Runner is a surprising one to me. What do you guys think? Do you think there could be a big potential audience for this? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Uh, we'll do one more off the top, and that is this. You know, what's the next Marvel movie? That's that's what everybody always wants to talk about. I mean, the Marvel movies, the MCU movies are clearly the biggest things in the box office. They're the most important franchise to the theater industry right now. They all make money hands over fist, and they always certainly make more than the others out there. So everybody's always wondering, what's the next MCU thing? Who's going to be in and whatever? Now, one of the ones that they've been talking about for a couple of years now is Blade. Ever since they, Kevin Feige made the surprise announcement on stage and say, oh yeah, we're doing Blade, and they brought Mahershala Ali. That was the best moment ever. Multi-Academy <laughs> Award winner Mahershala Ali. 
comes out on stage and they say he's the new Blade. And then radio silence. Nothing for a long time. Now then, there, which, you know what leads me to believe? It leads me to believe that the news was going to leak. That, that Marvel probably found out the news was going to leak and they decided to get ahead of it and say, you know, Mahershala, can we fly you down for this convention? We, we're going to make the announcement ourselves before it leaks, so we're going to get ahead of it. Because then there wasn't any news for a long time. Then there started to be a little bit new, bits of news about all oh, they hired a writer and things like that. Well, we've now got another pretty tangible bit of information about the Blade, not Blade Runner, about the Blade reincarnation starring Mahershala Ali. And that is one of the coolest guys in movies today. Delroy Lindo has apparently been cast to be in the nude blade. Now, nobody's confirming what he's going to be, but for now, let's take a look. This is what Deadline is saying here. Uh, Disney confirmed today that Delroy Lindo is joining the cast of the upcoming Blade reboot. He'll co-star opposite two-time Oscar-winning actor Mahershala Ali, who is stepping into the role of the titular character, a half-vampire, half-mortal hero. While Ali's casting was announced at Comic-Con in 2019, Lindo is the only other cast in the project since, though his exact role is unclear. The film has, however, added a writer and a director. And of course, right now, they do have a release date. Everything seems, seems to be moving forward on the film. Okay, so let's address, first of all, how cool it is that Delroy Lindo is joining us. My man. If you're going to get somebody as slick. Just so cool. And as talented and who just oozes coolness like Mahershala Ali to be your lead, you're going to have to be very careful about who you surround him with because everybody else is kind of going to pale in comparison. I mean, when you look at the movie that he did, Green Book. Yeah, um, gosh. You can't just put anybody opposite him. You got to go out and get somebody the caliber of a Viggo Mortensen if you're going to have them act alongside of a Mahershala Ali. And obviously, they had great success with that, won a ton of awards. I really love Green Book. I think the movie's fantastic. I know a lot of people are like, why did Green Book win Best Picture? Because it was the best picture. Freaking Thank good. you. Anyway, mm -hmm. I thought it was great. So anyway, if you're going to do that, you got to go and get somebody cool. There ain't many guys that carry the, I hate using this word, but once in a while it needs to be used, who carries the, no, wait a minute, I'm not going to use the word. Well, maybe I will. <laughs> the guy who carries the cachet against, I guess, say as a Delroy Lindo. Yeah. There's not many people who have the kind of screen presence. I don't even care. If he's in something like some lame fluff movie like The Core. Do you remember The Core? I sure freaking do. Where they built a train to go to the center of the earth. <laughs> choo -choo. Even in that, Delroy Lindo comes across as cool, right? So, I mean, I, it's just amazing. Of course, he should have. I can't remember. Did he get an Academy Award nomination for Defy Bloods? I think he did. If he didn't, he absolutely should have gotten a nomination for it. He should have gotten a nomination for that. And then he's in that worst movie ever with the greatest cast, oh the harder God. they fall. Oh God, I hate that movie. It's the greatest cast, one I of the disagree. greatest casts in years. A terrible, terrible movie. Anyway, everybody else loves it. But you're putting Delroy Lindo in a, number one, in a Marvel movie. Number two, in a Blade movie. Number three, acting alongside Mahershala Ali. There's a lot to get giddy about here. So that's great. But it, it brings us around then to maybe arguably the bigger question, which is, 
Who's he going to be? Is he going to be a Whistler? Okay, no, so that's one thing, right? Some people are, have been speculating that maybe he's playing a Whistler. I think he'd be amazing. Would he be a great Whistler? Sure. Could he play what, what was it? It was Christofferson that played Chris Whistler. Chris Christofferson. Yeah, in the, uh, in the Wesley Snipes version. So could he carry that kind of a role? Absolutely. And if we find out he's playing Whistler, I'll say great. But I hope so he's not Whistler. Really? Why? He's not talented enough to play Whistler. Shut I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, obviously he is. <laughs> I think it would be a wasted opportunity. No, 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 no. Again, let me let me clarify here. If we find out he's Whistler, awesome. But I think it would be a little bit of a wasted opportunity. Because you make him the villain in this movie and you have Delroy Lindo I'll give you facing that. off with a Mahershala Ali. Now listen, if he's Whistler, that's great. It, it, he'll It'd do wonderful. Awesome. He's super talented. It'll be great. Him and a Mahershala playing together, that'll be fantastic. But I just think you have an opportunity here with a Delroy Lindo and Mahershala Ali in the same damn movie and you have them pitting off against each other. I'm having a hard time containing my enthusiasm here. I think this could be totally cool. Like, really, really good. So anyway, Kim, just quick thoughts. What do you think about Delroy Lindo being in this? And do you think he's going to be a whistler or do you think he could be a villain? What do you think? I, I freaking love the man. I have been a fan since, I mean, I can, I know he goes back further, but Crooklyn's one of my favorite roles right, of yeah. his. Absolute favorite roles. And I loved him in Ransom. I know he wasn't the lead or anything, but I just loved him as that agent in Ransom opposite um, Mel Gibson. I, I was so thrilled because he has this cool factor about him. He really does. His acting skills are so great. And it's just something ab it's just something about the man. Some people, it's like, yeah, that actor's hot. Yeah, that actor, you know, he's really good. But there's just some, like like a Denzel Washington, like a Mahershala Lee. Del Orlando, there's something about this man that is just magnetic. I think he'd make a wonderful whistler i really want to see it and yeah we don't know much about um blade and, and how it's coming along all i can say is it's coming along very very nicely my hope and my anticipation is rising as i hear more about the project so yeah it's pretty exciting so first of all just marvel continues to do it they keep adding incredible actors to their stable of talent that they've got over there delroy lindo's the newest one anyway question is for you guys what do you think about Delroy Lindo joining the Blade movie? I think it's great, but maybe even more importantly, who do you think he's going to be? I think the odds are on favorite is probably a Whistler. I would personally like to see him as a villain. What do you think it's going to be? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down and out of the way, let's now move on and start into our main topics today. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campia Show? Well, it's really simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. That down, let's get into main topic number one. Kim, what is our first main topic today? 
All right, guys, this comes from Alan Swanson. He says, I want to know your opinion on studios potentially altering footage such as what's being speculated for Spider-Man. In my line of work, if you false advertise, you get fined by federal and state. Now, granted, this is just the entertainment industry. But what, at what point are people just not going to trust trailers anymore? If we continue down this path, why not just sh not show scenes that don't involve characters that you don't want people to know about? I'm just beginning to not want to see trailers anymore because of this. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Alan. And yeah, this is something that's been coming up a bit lately. Uh, especially, I mean, this is a conversation that does come up every once in a while, like when something like an end game happens or whatever. And it's come up again because of the Spider-Man trailer. Now, look, we all saw the footage. We talked about it on this show in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. The second to last trailer, by the way, Ray. The second to last trailer. Oh. It's not the last trailer because that's coming on the 29th, <laughs> Mr. Tutu. So, but we all saw the images, right? And we all know, okay, clearly there's stuff being edited out of this. And of course, the Brazilian version showed Lizard being punched in the face by an invisible man. And contrary to the popular belief that it's John Cena, it's probably not. It's probably the other two Spider-Men, or it's possibly Doc Ock and Venom, or whatever else. But clearly, it's been manipulated to not show what is actually in the movie, right? Which, again, what Alan is bringing up, it raises the topic and the question about is it cool for these studios to, well, let's ask it a different way. Is it false advertising? Is it false advertising to manipulate and change the footage we see in trailers that does not actually reflect what we actually see in the movies? In this case, Spider-Man. You're advertising Spider-Man and you're clearly advertising something that is not in the movie the way you're presenting it. I mean, I think we all agree with that. They are advertising True. something. I think we all agree on that. They are advertising something that it does not an accurate representation of what is going to be in the movie. So I understand when some people then raise the question, is that then misleading? Is it false advertising? When you look at movies like Endgame that did a lot of that, when you look at movies like Star Wars Rogue One. I remember the first couple of trailers for Rogue One. When you go through the trailer now in Star Wars Rogue One, you realize half the shots in those trailers are not in the movie. There's a couple of Vader shots that are not in the movie. There's this iconic shot where I can't remember the name of the main character in the movie, but she's standing there on the platform and all of a sudden this TIE fighter rises up. While that scene is in the movie, that shot is not. The two worst cases of false advertising to me and we do actually do an entire chapter on this in my movie. By the way, guys, my movie, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, available now on Amazon. Go search for it and watch a great documentary on movie trailers today. That being said, there's a whole chapter in it that talks about trailers being misleading. The two worst cases to me personally of straight up false advertising are number one, the Disney film Bridge to Terabithia. I don't know if you ever watched The Bridge of Terabithia. <laughs> yeah, I watched that with the kids. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> the trailers for Bridge to Terabithia make it look like a new Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe 
like a new Harry Potter, like a new, you know, Lord of the Rings kind of thing. The trailers present the Bridge of Terabithia as this magical kingdom hidden in the woods that a couple of children find. And it's, it's about their adventures in the magical kingdom of Terabithia. That's not what the movie is. It's not remotely so what the movie is. Now, listen, sad. the movie's great. I like the movie very much. But that movie is about a socially awkward kid who finally makes a friend and that best friend dies in a terrible, senseless accident. And then it's about that kid and the people in the town dealing with the grief that this innocent child died trying to swing across a creek or something. And there are moments where these two friends kind of make create this make-believe place in the woods called Terabithia. But it's barely in the film. But the whole trailer, the whole marketing campaign for Bridget Terabithia is, it's a story about this magical game. That's not in the movie. <laughs> it's not what the movie is at all. And I remember when that movie came out, people were mad. Like, there were literally parents, like, writing and saying, I took my kid to this thinking we we're just going to for a fun, lighthearted, magical adventure romp in the thing. And I had explained death to my kids as we're driving home instead. I mean, it was anyway. So there's Bridget Terabithia. The other one that is terribly, terribly misleading to me was Mission Impossible 2. Oh, with the, uh, the, the motorcycle stunt uh, with Thandie Newton. Right. right. Now, yes. Thandie yeah. Newton's in that one. But here's the thing. When you watch the trailers for Mission Impossible 1, uh-huh. or Mission Impossible 2, I should say, half the trailer is Anthony Hopkins. Like, half of that trailer is, is either Anthony Hopkins on camera or you hear his voice. And it's at publicized as Tom Cruise, Anthony Hopkins, Mission Impossible 2. Anthony Hopkins is in like five minutes of that movie. I mean, I th and I think that's being generous. I don't even remember him being in the movie. See, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't even remember him being in it. It's not Mission Difficult, Mr. You know, it's Mission Impossible. And that's that's Anthony Hopkins' line, right? It's not Mission Difficult, line. Mr. Hunt. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Mission Difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's Mission Impossible. He's in like one short scene at the beginning and one short scene at the end, and that's it. So is stuff like this. Because look, all of us, I think, agree that when we saw the advertising for Infinity War and Endgame and they and they manipulate the footage, you know, again, making it look like Hulk is running in Wakanda when that's never a part of it, taking the gems out of the Infinity Gauntlet so you don't know that he has the stones by that point. I mean, all of us look at that and say, oh, okay, they're just trying to keep the audience on their toes. Yeah. Sure. Captain America Civil War. There's a scene in the movie where everybody's running in a line against each other, like one line of heroes running this way, one line of heroes running the other, going into battle against each other. And in the shot in the movie, Spider-Man's in that shot. In the trailer, they digitally remove him from that shot, so you don't see him in the trailer. So we all understand, and we go, okay, that's just Marvel trying to keep a secret. At what point, though, does everybody start doing that? And, and at what point do we draw a line? And I'm not saying I, I'm saying there is a line. I'm just wondering where does the line get drawn if there is one where now everybody starts doing it. Now, I, granted, this is a slippery slope argument and slippery slope arguments are precarious at best. But for the sake of the discussion, shouldn't an audience be able to rely on if they see a trailer advertising a movie that this is what we're getting? 
And it's fine when one or two movies pull that little stunt, like Infinity War and Endgame did to keep all of us on our toes. But at what point, if a lot of people start doing it, does the audience go, well, I, what's the point of a trailer? I don't even know if what I'm seeing is actually in the movie or not. I don't even know if what I'm seeing is actually representative of the movie or not. And I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm not. And I'm not saying that Spider-Man No Way Home is, this is an atrocity. This is false advertising. No, I don't think so at all. They're clearly trying to hide things from the audience. And by them releasing Lizard getting punched in the face, they clearly want people to talk about it. So clearly they want people to talk about it. But I am just wondering, theoretically, if more and more movies start doing this, does it become a problem? Does it become a problem if whenever you watch a trailer, you have to wonder if that's actually in the movie or not? Do marketing companies who make trailers start taking more and more liberty saying, look, our job is to sell tickets. So if we got to fudge with this a little bit and maybe not be the most honest, if we need to fudge with a bit, let's fudge with it a bit to get more people in the, I mean, at what point does it become a problem? So I, I don't know, Kim, do you ever have, a, do you have any trailers that you think to yourself, like there's a trailer that I saw that like, this is not, remember that one Ryan Gosling movie, Fast, was it called Fast? Faster? Was or faster. One was with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. One was with Ryan Gosling. And now I can't remember uh, which one it is. But there is that one. Drive, drive. Drive. Evelyn put it. Thank you. It's totally something different. Evelyn put it in the live chat first. Drive. Thanks, Evelyn. That Ryan Gosling film, Drive, right? Where there was actually a lawsuit. There was a lawsuit filed against the, the producers of Faster because a couple of people felt like you advertise this movie like a Fast and the Furious action movie, and that's not what this movie was, and they actually got sued. And to this, I actually don't even think the lawsuit's been settled yet. I think it's been going on for years. But can you think of any trailers to you that you thought, like, this was specifically, like, really misleading? Yeah, yeah. I remember it was uh, that girl that dances with Sia um, that was on Maggie Ziegler and Naomi Watts. There was this movie that I thought was a cute, charming children's movie. It was called The Book of Henry. Oh, yes. That is not what it was. It was like, I don't want to spoil it, but it was basically like some child assassin. I was not expecting. I thought it was going to be charming. I thought this boy and his mom are going to help this girl. Her life is tough. That was so not what happened. And I was like, switch, 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 switch. Um, this is weird. But I have a question for you, John. Sure. Because, you know, you directed and wrote a movie about movie trailers. What does the studio give to the trailer company? Are they the ones that gave them the footage? They gave them everything. They give them everything. Do they give them everything or they give them just what they want them to work with is, is my question. No, like for the most part, they basically give the the trailer company everything, like everything. And so, okay. and they tell them, this is kind of what we're, we're, we want a, a trailer to feel like. Okay. And then the trailer company makes it, they show it to the studio, notes go back, they rework it, goes okay. back to the studio, give more notes and they re revise and revise and revise. Okay. And I'm sure they give them notes about like, this scene is off limits or this scene is off limits. But yeah, it's the, the trailer company. My other question is this. At what level do you think these things are happening where they're starting to omit and kind of twist things up? Like, like whose decision was it that said, you know what, the scene looks great. And maybe someone else said, okay, the scene with Electro and Lizard and Sandman, just don't put it in there. Who is it? Do you think that said, you know what, I got an idea. Put it in there. Put it in there. Take the two out. Obviously, we're not going to give that away. 
But let's see if the fans catch up. Let's let them start talking and theorizing. Let's probably let's start the fire. What side did that? It was probably in discussion. It, it honestly, the the original concept for it could have come from either side, and then it probably just evolved from there. Like it's not something that the trailer company was surprised Sony with, and it might have been something that Sony went to them and said. You know, we we have an idea for this, but it could have originated on either side. Okay. And that's the thing about these trailers. Given. By the way, Bill in the live chat brings up another really good one. Um, when they said uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, that was another one. Because the, the ad campaign for War for the Planet of the Apes makes you look like, this is it, guys. The other two Planet of the Apes movies have been building up for this. Now we're going to see the war between the apes and mankind. That's not what the movie's about at all. That's not in it at all. So that's another really good one. Anyway, the question is for you guys. Obviously, what they did with Infinity War and stuff like that was really fun. Obviously, what they've done here with the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer has got everybody talking. But is there a danger that at some point, if everybody starts doing this, that the audience at home can never know if they can actually rely on what they see in a trailer? Could that be a problem? Maybe not. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down... Let's move on to main topic number two. Kim, what is our second main topic today? Patricia says, Captain Jack Sparrow is not only my favorite movie character, but also my favorite character in all fiction. And a very large part of that is because of the natural charisma and talents of Johnny Depp and how he portrayed and created the role. Well, according to insiders, Disney is looking to make a new Captain Jack project without Johnny Depp's involvement. Even though it's rumored to be animated, should they not wait until the final verdict of Johnny Depp's trial before they decide to go ahead with this project and continue the franchise potentially without him? All right, thanks for sending that in, Patricia. Look, a couple things we should be pointing out here. There was a trial regarding Johnny Depp and the court found and said explicitly that the allegations against Johnny Depp were true. There was a court. Now, there is another court case going on um, in the United States. And yeah, we'll have to see. It was going to be very interesting to see how that one turns out to see if it turns out any differently. We'll have to see, wait and see how that one turns out. But there was a court case. It was litigated and both the judge and the appellate level both said the allegations against Johnny Depp are true. Now you can believe that or not believe it. doesn't matter. There's another court case coming up and it's going to be interesting to see how that court case turns out. But, um, I think Disney was wanting out of the Johnny Depp business a long time ago because look, there were things going on with Johnny Depp prior to anything with Amber Heard that he was difficult to work with. He, he had, he has substance abuse issues that affected his work. He wasn't very good at promoting and meeting his obligations to promote films and all this kind of stuff. And there were articles that were being written about it. And I'm not totally sure Disney wanted to be in the Johnny Depp business anymore anyway. So I don't think this court case, whether it comes back in Johnny's favor or, or against Johnny, I don't think it's going to affect anything either way, honestly. And we've talked about that ad nauseum already, so there's no need for us to cover all that again. What is indisputable, it's all subjective, but Johnny Depp is a terrific performer. He is, when he is on his game, he is one of the world's finest. He's a, a tremendous actor. And what he did with Captain Jack Sparrow is unbelievable. I remember going into the first, when the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was coming out, I remember talking to friends and saying, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. You're going to make a movie based on a theme park ride. 
How stupid is this movie going to be? And then I watched it. And I fell in love with the first one. I haven't loved any of the other ones, but I fell in love with that first one. Due in big, big part to Johnny Depp's portrayal as Captain Jack Sparrow, which he had later said he basically modeled after... Uh, Rolling Stones guitarist. Keith uh, Richards. Yeah, Keith Richards, which then was really cool. And later they brought Keith Richards into the movies as his dad, which I thought was absolutely- That was really funny. That was perfect. Now, of course, with everything going on, and of course, the stuff about his marriage and the litigation and all that kind of stuff, ultimately Disney dropped him from it and they decide we're not going to do this anymore. So what's happening now is this, is a story has come out on the website Giant Freaking Robot. Now, Giant Freaking Robot is not, let's be clear here, is in no way, shape, or form Variety or The Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or Entertainment Weekly. They should not be looked at as a cornerstone of you can totally rely on what they break. They're not there. However, I will say this. Giant Freaking Robot, if I'm not mistaken, was founded and created by the same guy who founded and created Cinema Blend. And yeah. Cinema Blend was always one of my favorite websites. We still quote Cinema Blend. He, he's not there anymore, but I still quote Cinema Blend quite a bit. We'll do that. So anyway, they basically came up uh, with this, and this is what they wrote. Disney is now developing. Now, they're saying they've got this from a personal insider of theirs, okay? Disney is now developing a Jack Sparrow solo project. This project will not include Johnny Depp. We can think of two possible ways that the Pirates of the Caribbean project may approach this. One example could be to have an origin story focused on a younger Jack Sparrow. This could take the presence of a new actor feel less distracting for the audience. A second possibility is that the new project could be an animated one. So, so just to clarify here, Giant Robot is saying that they have an inside source saying claiming Disney is working on a solo Jack Sparrow project that will not have Johnny Depp and that raises two possibilities to Giant Freaking Robot. That number one, it could be about an origin story, in which case you need a new actor to play. Like, you couldn't be Johnny Depp anyway. I can't remember how old he is now, but he's approaching his 60s, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're going to do a young origin story of, of Captain Jack, you'd have to have a young actor anyway. That would solve that problem. The other option, option is that it could be an animated thing. Now, I wasn't initially going to talk about this, but the amount of messages people sent in about this was pretty overwhelming. Oh, wow. A lot of people wrote in about this saying, John, did you hear Disney's going to do a Captain Jack movie without? So I figured we should at least address this. All right. What do I think? What do I think about the validity of this? I will say this. As I just alluded to, if they wanted to do an origin story of Captain Jack, then having another actor play that is neither distracting uh, nor off-putting because even if Johnny Depp and Disney were still holding hands and making movies together, you would assume they would need a different actor. So that's fine. Here's my problem with this story. Nobody would want this. Nobody wants a Captain Jack Sparrow movie for two different reasons. Number one, or a Captain Jack Sparrow project. Number one, people who are very pro Johnny Depp are not going to want a Jack Sparrow. All this will do is irritate an already itchy situation, right? Cause you got, you got a group of people out there who are, they don't, I mean, literally 
Jesus himself could descend on a cloud with an iMac with video that he personally shot of Johnny Depp doing everything he's accused of doing, and there are people who will still not believe it. I mean, that's just the way it is. And those people are in no way ever going to accept any Johnny Depp less, any Johnny Depp less Jack Sparrow. On the other hand, people are really anti-Johnny Depp. Again, if Jesus descended on a cloud with an iMac and showed video showing Depp did nothing of what he's been accused of, they ain't going to believe it. And they want nothing to do with Jack Sparrow. They're done. They want to move past Jack Sparrow. They want to move, the, they want to move past the whole Johnny Depp era. I am not saying that Giant Freaking Robot is lying. I believe they have been told this information. I just don't believe the information. A lot of times I get told information that I don't believe either. So I think this, I personally, because I cannot for the life of me think of any scenario, any scenario in which an executive at Disney would say, yes, this is a good idea. There'll be a big audience for it. Now, I understand them moving on with the Pirates of the Caribbean world. I get that. They, they created a, a really vast world that you could have a lot of adventures in, and it doesn't have to focus around Johnny Depp. So there was the Margot Robbie one. There was the, um, oh, damn it. Uh, what's the name of the actress who plays Nebula in... in uh, Karen Gar Gillan. Karen Gillan. There's the Karen Gillan one. There's the Margot Robbie one. They're, they want to expand that world. I get that because it's a fun adventure world of Pirates of the Caribbean. I just don't hear anybody saying, you know what we need? We need another Jack Black, pro or Jack Black. <laughs> we need another Captain Jack Sparrow project without Johnny Depp. That's what we really need. I just don't see who that would please. I don't, I don't see who that would please. It wouldn't please the anti-Johnny Depp people. It wouldn't please the pro-Johnny Depp people. It ain't going to please anybody. Nobody wants it. And I can't imagine for the life of me, because if this is true, if this is true, it is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard come out of Disney. And every studio does a share of dumb things. Every studio does a share of dumb things. So does Disney. So does everybody. But this would be one of the dumbest. Because there's, I don't think you can point to me to a pocket of people that'll go, yeah, new Captain Jack Sparrow without, without Johnny Depp. Yeah. I don't see anybody doing that. I don't see anybody doing that. Ray, I don't think you're interested in it. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I don't think, Kim, you'd be interested in it. I'm just going out on a limb here. You know I, what? I'm going to tell you what my grandma used to say when I used to try to ride my dog like a horse. Let it be, child. Just let it be. Just let that thing be. Leave it alone. Stop it. At, at Pirates of the Caribbean 5, I was like, it's got to stop. Stop the first one, lightning in a bottle. It was magic. The way he made that character his own, nobody could step in and play the Jack Sparrow coming off of, you know, if you're picking up from the timeline off of um, Dead Men Tell No Tales, you can't just put someone else in that place. He made it his own. It's like it's like redoing Mrs. Doubtfire or some or something with someone right. else. You just can't do it. The only possible way I see this is if there's like a kid's animated show kind of well you already have jake and the pirates if, I mean, it, if, if there's a kid's the way, animation, animation is one of the things that they brought up they did probably maybe it could be animation but for kids not animation that we're gonna watch the yeah, ones are drunken womanizing pirate you know is what the good kids thing i don't know <laughs> you know what these days i don't put anything past anyone <laughs> honestly you could make him like 
don't do drugs, kids. Just say no. (laughs) But that's kind of the only way I see this. Or if you're going to do a prequel and you want to do like the teenage version or something like that, that could be cute as long as you're not trying to do a Johnny Depp impersonation. Then I'd be like, just let that thing be. But I I don't want to see I don't want to see a a Pirates of the Caribbean six. I don't want to see that. I mean, look, stop. Stop where you are, sir. (laughs) The last one still made money. I mean, not nearly as much. money. it still made money. So, I mean, it is the movie business. So if they they think they can make money, but I just don't see anybody. I don't see any money being made. I don't see any money being made with another Captain Jack iteration. That's not Johnny Depp. I, I just don't see how it makes any sense. I can't believe this story is true. I, again, I'm not saying the website's lying. I think they were told that. I just cannot believe that the studio would be that dumb. Anyway, question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Do you think it is possible, even possible, that the studio could be thinking that there would be an audience for another Captain Jack without Johnny Depp? I don't know. I can't see the pro Johnny Depp people being for it. I can't see the anti Johnny Depp people. I just don't see anybody liking it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have a different perspective. Whatever those thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? All right, this comes from Sam Sprill. Greetings, John, Kim, and Ray. This past Friday, Tick, Tick, Boom dropped on Netflix, directed by Lynn Wenwell Miranda. I loved the movie with the story behind Jonathan and all the musical pieces, especially the last song. Andrew Garfield's performance was great, as well as the amazing cast. I never thought he could sing like that. Did y'all enjoy the movie? Thoughts? All right, so yes, um tick tick boom came out the first movie ever directed by lin-manuel miranda of course the guy behind hamilton the guy behind in the heights he's now directed a film tick tick boom with andrew garfield and an actor i've been saying is criminally underrated Mm -hmm. andrew garfield should have been nominated for an academy award for best supporting actor in the social network he was the human heartbeat of that movie All the attention went to uh, Jesse Eisenberg and to a little bit went to uh, Justin Timberlake. But the real heartbeat of the movie to me was Andrew Garfield. And he should have been nominated for an Academy Award. I, 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 to this day, I still have no, instead they gave the Academy Award to Christian Bale for the fighter who is great in the fighter, but he was not a supporting actor in that movie. He was a lead actor in that movie. They dumped him into that category. So Mark Wahlberg couldn't be in the league actor category, making one less spot for somebody to get a well-deserved attention. And that should have been Andrew Garfield. I thought Andrew Garfield was a fantastic Spider-Man. I thought he was a great Spider-Man. I loved him in, in the amazing Spider-Man movies. Even if I didn't love the second amazing Spider-Man movie, I thought he was really good in them. Then he did Heartbreak Ridge. Sorry, was it Heartbreak Ridge? No. Um, Hacksaw. Hacksaw. Hacksaw Ridge, Ridge. right. Heartbreak Ridge is a totally different one. Hacksaw Ridge, directed by Mel Gibson, uh, also had Vince Vaughn in it. That movie's magnificent. And Andrew Garfield, I believe he might have been nominated for an Academy. Can you look that up? Was Andrew Garfield nominated? I think he was nominated for an Academy Award for that. He should have been. If he wasn't, he absolutely should have been. Hmm. This dude's fantastic. Now, of course, all the discussion about Andrew Garfield right now is surrounding Spider-Man, obviously. Right? But this little movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, for those of you who don't know anything about it, here's a basic synopsis of the film. All right, Netflix describes the movie as this. 
The film follows John, played by Andrew Garfield, a young, by the way, this is a true story, this movie, a young theater composer who's waiting tables at a New York City diner in 1990 while writing what he hopes will be the next great American musical. Days before he's due to showcase his work in a market make or break performance, John is feeling the pressure from everywhere from his girlfriend, Susan, who dreams of an artistic life beyond, beyond New York City, from his friend, Michael, who has moved on from his dream of a life to a life of financial security, amidst an artistic community being ravaged by the AIDS epidemic. With the clock ticking, John is at a crossroads and faces the question everyone must reckon with. What are we meant to do with the time that we have? Now, do, you, do we have an answer on that thing? Yeah, he was nominated in 2017 for Hacksaw Ridge. For Hacksaw Ridge, good. Yeah, he, he was nominated. He, he absolutely deserved to be nominated for that because he was like freaking incredible in that. So good. So for those of you who don't know, this is a movie about the true story of the guy who wrote the Broadway changing Rent. That just became one of the biggest hits in the history of Broadway. They went on to make a movie version of it Movie version wasn't as great. I mean, Rent is a, is a is a story that plays much better on a stage than it did on a movie screen, to be honest with you. But still, they went on to become a movie, and it is still considered one of the most celebrated musicals of all time. And it was written by this dude who was literally doing it while he was working in a diner. And it's a musical, obviously being directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I didn't know that Andrew Garfield sang the songs himself. I didn't know. You didn't. I had no idea. I didn't know the son of a bitch could sing. Not like that. Not like this. He was awesome. This, in the, in, you know, to channel my inner Stole Cold Steve Austin, this son of a bitch can sing. <laughs> I mean, hell yeah. This guy can, oh my God, I'm listening to this guy sing. I'm like, so this, good. this is just universally unfair. That. Andrew Garfield, he's a good-looking cat. On top of that, he's a tremendous actor. And now on top of that, that dude can sing like that. That's just stupid unfair. That is just stupid unfair. But at any rate, um, let me talk for a second about the direction. This movie is brilliantly directed. The way it hopscotches between uh, narrative musical flashback to present interweaving the different story aspects would have been incredibly challenging to pull off. I am so thoroughly impressed with Lin-Manuel Miranda's direction in this. I, I didn't think he could do this well. Obviously I knew he would make some great musical numbers because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Of course he's going to do that. I expected that. I was not expecting such an apt hand at laying out the story and telling it in such a way with all the radical pacing and cutting and the moving between eras and times and things like that. And it flowed seamlessly. It flowed coherently, which is something that a lot of movies struggle with. They, they struggle when they're jumping back and forth between either geographical locations or eras in time. They really struggle with maintaining a coherency to the story. Lin-Manuel Miranda did such a great job of doing that. I, I was floored by it. The musical numbers are not my favorite musical numbers. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like the songs in this are not nearly as catchy to me as they were in say Hamilton or in Les Mis or things like that, but still good, solid music. Andrew Garfield singing the hell out of them. And it's really interesting to me watching this character writing this musical suburbia. It wasn't rent. He was trying to write 
But as he's trying to write this musical called Suburbia, which was going to be his big breakthrough thing, at least that's what he was hoping it was going to be, you see his life and you start to recognize Rent in his life. As he's going through all these things, you recognize that's where Rent came from. And then his agent named Rosa is in it. And I'm watching Rosa. I'm like, I know her. Who is that? And I'm like, oh my God, that's Judith Light from Who's the Boss? Oh my God. And she ultimately says to him, write what you know. And, and so you see all these things happening. You know, well, that's where that came from in Rent. And that's where that came from in Rent. It's a very good movie. I will say this. I don't know that it's for everybody. Now, I'm somebody who really appreciates production. And I appreciate, because I've been through things. I've written musicals before in high school. I used to write a couple of musicals oh. that we did at our, at our that we performed at school and everything for the big assemblies and everything. I, I understand trying to make your own movie and dreaming of all that kind of stuff. So I think people on the inside is going to have a real appreciation for that. Also, anybody who's a big fan of Rent, I think is going to have a big appreciation for this. Some of it might be a little inside baseball for, for some of the average audience. So I'm not... I'm not totally sure how a lot of the average artists will re respond to it or if it'll connect with them on that level. But there's a couple of powerful messages in this movie. Um, one of which being the message of failure. Like everything in this movie, you realize the musical he's writing in this movie is not Rent. The musical he's writing, the thing that he thinks is going to be his big thing is this musical he's trying to do called Suburbia. By the way, Vanessa Hudgens is in this movie too. It's very good. Wow. <laughs> wow i've always liked vanessa hutchins but i'm glad she's sticking with singing yeah i'm I, glad she's not like oh i need to break away people only know me from singing in movies i'm so glad she's sticking with it yeah i was just i was just wow i, I was totally totally floored by it couldn't believe how good she was in that and very very impressed and anyway, she's not in a lot of the movie but um you realize there's a great message in this that i love about failure um, because his suburbia thing was a failure, but it wasn't really because it led to his next step. And I love that. I actually got kind of teary eyed thinking about that, that this whole thing that he worked so hard for, it apparently comes to failure because none of us have ever heard of suburbia other than the, um, you know, the Steven Spielberg, uh, movie with, uh, oh, who's Transformers boy, Shia LaBeouf. That, that's probably the only suburbia. Or, or, is that suburbia or was that something? No, isn't that disturbia. Matt Damon? What's that? Disturbia. 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 That's yep. what I'm thinking of. Not suburbia. Disturbia. Thank you, Ray. Disturbia. Great That's movie. the only one I can think of. So, no, but none of us know about suburbia, the thing that John was writing. But it's it's what led him to becoming writing one of the most influential, important musicals of all time in Rent. And so there's that aspect to it as well. The performances are great. Very well directed. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of the musical numbers in it, just to be honest with you. But I thought this was a very good, solid movie. And uh, listen, I will crap on Netflix all the time about how bad Netflix original movies are. And they are. Nine out of ten of them suck. But if I'm going to criticize them for how much their movies suck, then I got to call it out when they put up a good one. It would like when they put up an old guard or they put up an Irishman or something like that. Tick, tick, boom's a good one. 
And uh, I quite enjoy. You had a chance to see it too. What do you think about man, it? Man, oh man, it was fantastic. It was so beautiful. I agree with you. I love that it wasn't like this bright shine. I mean, it was a true story. So um, I, I love that it wasn't just this super happy ending. You had to go through the failure. And that was the message is that don't get discouraged by the failures because it might give you the steam for that win that's going to change your life. But if you love Broadway, there are some cameos in here that blew so me. So many cameos. I was like, is that B.B. Newworth <laughs> and Bernadette Peters of Felicia Rochelle? Oh, don't get me started. There's a song in there called Sunday. Yep. Brunch. And it was Sunday one brunch, of yeah. those songs that made like made me get goosebumps. It got the tears going. And Andrew Garfield, I was just like at one point I was seriously like mouth open, like, oh, my gosh, his voice is so good. Of course, yeah. you had a bunch of Hamilton cameos in there. Lin-Manuel Miranda Man, this guy, he's going to bring us some amazing stuff in the future. This right here, and I want to encourage people, if you're not, some people are like, I don't watch musicals. That's cool that it was great, but I just don't watch musicals. Just give it a chance. Just give it a chance. Try something new because Andrew Garfield will blow you away. Fantastic. I hope it gets nominated for something. It was was just magnificent. I loved it. I I will say this, though. I think... There are probably a lot of people like our very own Ray Ora, who I think there are a lot of people out there who are not big musicals people. Oh, there's a lot. And, there's and a lot. I I'll be honest with you. I don't know if there's if if you're if you're a viewer who you're like musicals aren't for me. I'm not sure this is going to be the one that changes your mind because this is a very musical musical. Oh, it you is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're somebody that just, you're, you're not into musicals, I don't know that Tick, Tick, Boom is going to be the one that changes their mind. All I can tell you is that I appreciated it. I, I thought it was good. And the talent of Andrew Garfield, wow. I am just gaining new levels of and respect dancing. for this. And yeah, there was the dancing. He was moving a little bit. There's I was like, scene. okay. <laughs> there's a scene who was, I can't remember if it was Vanessa Hutchins or not, but there's that scene where he's sitting on a stage on a bench beside the, the, the a female singer. And they're singing about what real relationships are like. Oh, and they're going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole I, choreography, lo- I, and I'm like, like, I would have gotten lost awesome. at step three. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. And that was done really, really awesome. Uh, anyway, if, if you were somebody that you think that sometimes some musicals can work for you, give Tick, Tick, Boom a shot. If you just generally don't like musicals, I, I can't say this is going to be the one that will change your mind. Because again, like I said, it is a very musical musical. But there's some magic in it. The 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 tragedy of it really gets me. If you don't know what the tragedy of this is, it's a real life story. You can look it up easily enough. But I wasn't aware of the tragedy. I, li- I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. I literally cried when I found out. I I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but... I yeah, I mean, I it's, it's a true it. story. It's, you could, but, but yeah, we won't yeah, say what it is. But oh had, my gosh. I had no idea about it. I had no, no idea about it. So anyway... There's that question is for you guys. Have you had a chance to see Tick, Tick, Boom yet? If so, what did you think? Did you love it? Did you not? Are you a musical person? Are you not? Whatever you're feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number four. Kim, what is our fourth main topic today? All right. This comes from James Argenta. Ghostbusters Afterlife won the box office this weekend with 44 million opening weekend. While the win was not a surprise, during COVID-19, the film managed 
to make only $2 million less than the opening weekend of the 2016 Ghostbusters at $46 million with half the budget. $144 million versus $75 million. With kids off of school next week, what do you think Ghostbusters Afterlife can have at the box office run like Free Guy and remain in the top 10 for weeks to come? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen, we've been talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife for, it feels like a couple of months now, because again, when Aaron Cummings and I were at CinemaCon in Las Vegas, they surprised us. Like we knew there was a Ghostbusters Afterlife presentation. And sure enough, Ivan Reitman and his son, Jason Reitman, who directed this one, came out on stage and we're talking about it and blah, blah, blah. And then they shocked us when they said, oh, by the way, we're going to show you the whole movie now. And we're all like, what, really? And sure enough, they showed us the whole movie of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And we loved it. Aaron loved it even more than me. Like, I, I wish Aaron could be here right now. And by the way, all of us here at the John Campus Show send all of our happiest thoughts Ooh, and celebration yay. to both Aaron and, and her husband, Tom, for their arrival of little baby Degnan, her husband, Tom Degnan. And they just, so, so I won't tell you the name of the baby. I'll let, I'll wait for Aaron to announce the name of the baby. But uh, so I won't tell you uh, their name. So but exciting. Just so happy for them. Oh my God. Aaron sent me some video. <gasps> I'll show it to you. I'll show you the video after the after we're done the show today. Oh but my gosh, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. He's I'm so beautiful. excited for her. He's beautiful. Oh. Anyway, so anyway, back 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 to the main thing, uh, and I'll let Aaron tell you the name later. But so Aaron and I watched this, totally floored by it. I had a great time with it. I wasn't so huge on the third act, or no, no, the end of the third act. I wasn't super feeling okay, the end yeah. of the third act but other than that it's a fun joyous movie all the right amount of homage to the original ghostbusters without just being a big homage fest um and i i thought it worked and now we talked last week about the fact that the box office projections were kind of low like sony was even forecasting that they thought it was going to make between like 25 and 28 million opening weekend and listen, I've said for a long time, this Ghostbusters Afterlife is not going to make 200 million opening weekend. This isn't going to be a billion dollar film. It's a little too little too late. This should have been moved on earlier. It doesn't have as much nostalgia factor as a lot of people think. But still, this came thing did still come out. And while it didn't come anywhere near 200 million dollars, it exceeded both Sony's expectations and the industry's expectations, making 44 million. All right, this comes to us from the folks who are at Variety who write the following. Directed by Jason Reitman, who is an incredible director, uh, the latest installment of the Supernatural series is shaping up to be a win for the studio after it failed to revive the franchise years earlier. It should be noted that Sony's 2016 all-female reboot of Ghostbusters premiered to $46 million on its opening weekend, and that's only $2 million more than Afterlife just did. However, that film, the older one, cost $144 million to make, compared to just a modest budget of $75 million price tag for this movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, making it a box office dud. That's the last one being a box office dud. So this movie does basically the same amount of business as the last one did, except this one cost, at least on an opening weekend, this one cost half the amount almost, which is, which is great. Paul Rudd is fantastic oh in this. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. We've already, I've already reviewed this movie a couple times, so I won't do the review again. Does this movie have the chance to have the kind of legs that Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy did? Because remember, Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy, which, by the way, is awesome. You need to watch that movie. But it got such good word of mouth that it just hung around the top five week after week after week after week. And people just kept going to see it and kept going to see it and picking up on it. 
I think Ghostbusters Afterlife has that kind of potential. Because next weekend, I always forget. Look, I'm not American, so you have to forgive me. But I believe this coming weekend is American Thanksgiving, That's right? correct, yes. It's not Thanksgiving. It's American Thanksgiving. Uh, okay, okay, we'll return to that. Real Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's in October. But at any rate, so American Thanksgiving is this weekend. Always a big movie-going weekend. And I think the strategy of releasing it now, we talked about this a little bit last week, of releasing this now, knowing it's going to get positive word of mouth and positive buzz. And the audience seems to really enjoy it. I think that will carry over into a big family weekend like Thanksgiving. And I think, like, because I also think next weekend is in Canto. So that's going to be a big family draw as well. But I still think you're going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife have some pretty good legs. I'm not saying it's it's going to have the same amount of success that Free Guy did. I still think there's a number of things working against Ghostbusters, including... This movie's coming a bit too late. It's got the negative baggage of the 2016 Ghostbusters, which I don't think is as bad. It's not great, but I don't think it's as bad as some people make it out to be. But still, that movie left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, and of course, Sony decided last minute. Look, one of the things I really try to avoid telling people about coming out of the movie was that, oh yeah, Ernie Hudson and... Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd all show up at the end of the movie. I didn't want to reveal that. But then Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Bill Murray started to do it. They, Sony started sending them out on the talk circuit saying yeah, to talk about annoying. being in this movie. So it's like, oh, okay. So they're giving away. By the way, Ray, mm -hmm. just another bit of evidence. Sony waiting till the last minute <laughs> to reveal the big appearances in it like Bill Murray. That's just what they're going to do with Spider-Man uh. come November 29th. Start getting uh, suited up. Start getting ready for that suit, brother. All right, anyway. Um, I need to work out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's, by the way, as a side note, I think another little bit of, you know, representative evidence, I will call it that, that Sony waiting till the last minute to reveal Bill Murray and everything's in the movie. I think they're going to do that with the Spider-Man one as well, but we'll find out soon enough. That being said, um, all that in there, I think, has led to it to have a, a better-than-expected opening. I think it will have good legs moving into its second weekend, even though it's going to have some stiff competition. It's going to have stiff competition, but I still think it's going to do pretty well. I think you're going to look at about a 50% drop. I don't I think, think it's so. going to hit 60. I think it'll stay right around a 50% drop, which is a very, very healthy drop. So I think that's going to be really good for them, and, and we'll see how it goes. And guys, if you haven't seen this thing yet... Do check it out. It's not as good as the original Ghostbusters, but it's fun. It's delightful. I think you're going to enjoy it. Jump over there and check it out. But for those of you guys who have seen it, what did you think about the new Ghostbusters? Did you like it as much as me? Maybe not as much. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comments section below and let me know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five, shall we? Kim, what is our fifth main topic today? All right, guys, this comes from Box Office Fan. He says, hi, John. Well, Deadline is reporting Feige has said they are working on a top secret Marvel project with Scarlett Johansson. That's not a Black Widow film. John, could this be the long teased A-Force film? What do you think <laughs> of this news? Also, glad Scarlett is sticking with Marvel after Disney threw her under the bus. What a mess that skirt, whole thing skirt. was. That was... So embarrassing for them. What an embarrassment. <laughs> Head like, in the sand. Keep Bob Chapek 
so embarrassed the company with the way they botched the whole Scarlett Johansson thing. And it ended exactly the way I said it would end. Cha-ching. It's going to end with Disney writing a big old check to Scarlett Johansson. That's how I told you from day one this whole thing was going to end. And that is indeed how it's going to end. And that business is business. You know, George Miller and Warner Brothers got into a nasty legal fight over Mad Max recently. But business is business. They settled that, and now they're doing more Mad Max together, more Mad Max world together, right? And so here we are with this. Yeah, Disney so botched the Scarlett Johansson thing. Like, it's gonna, you gotta teach this in executive entertainment classes about how not yeah. to handle a situation. And it ended the way it ended, but fine. It's now in the rearview mirror. We're moving forward now. Now, recently, for those of you who don't know about this story, this actually broke on Friday. There was this big event held at uh, by American Cinematheque, I believe, kind of honoring the career of Scarlett Johansson. And there was a big red carpet event, and everybody showed up to it. And Kevin Feige dropped a little bit of something-something at it, right? So this comes to us from Variety that writes this. Kevin Feige took to the stage to introduce the Black Widow retrospective, touting Johansson's contributions to the MCU as both the actor who embodied Natasha Romanoff for the last decade and a very, very smart producer. He also celebrated her work as a model for the expanding network of female characters that have followed her lead. Among other platitudes, Kevin Feige called Johansson one of the most talented, versatile, and beloved actors of our time. Then the Marvel chief broke a little news. We already are working with Scarlet on another not Black Widow related top secret Marvel Studios project, Kevin Feige announced. Let's read that last part again. Then the Marvel chief broke a little news. We are already are working with Scarlet on another not Black Widow related top secret Marvel Studio project, Feige announced. All right. This is interesting. Because I would say this, I would agree with the person who sent in the question. My first thought would, was going to be A-Force because we've heard both her, we've heard, um, why am I freezing on the actress from Creed who plays- uh, Tessa uh, Thompson. Uh, what's that? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, thank you. We've heard Tessa Thompson talking Stop about freezing. this as well. We've also heard- I'm freezing her name too, Canadian actress from Lost. And then she's in Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's Wasp in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I'm forgetting. Oh, l uh, l l I can't remember. Child. Everybody in the live chat is going to throw this in. Yeah. But a uh, good Canadian girl, by the way. Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly. That's it. Thank you. So Evangeline Lilly has also talked about this potential of an A-Force thing and whatever. Of course, A-Force in that scene in Endgame, as the big battle's going on at one point in it, I think it was Captain Marvel had the gauntlet or had, and had all the stones. And then all the female heroes kind of gathered together for a big bull rush. How are you going right? to carry that alone? Yeah, that's She's right. She's not alone. She's not alone, right? It was a extremely fan servicey moment in an extremely fan servicey movie. But people got chills. I'll tell you, I got chills in that moment. I also, you know what gave me the biggest chills, though? Aside from obviously Steve Rogers getting the hammer, oh that's God. obviously the biggest thrill Best moment. moment right? ever, but honestly, surprisingly enough, if you had told me about this moment in the movie, I wouldn't have guessed it would have given me chills. But it's the moment when Tony and Pepper are back to back, spinning through the air, firing off back to back. I got chills. That moment should have been 
10 seconds longer. It was a little too short. It was I wanted a little to see short, more. I wanted to see more. Because that's one of the only comic book movie romances I've ever liked is Tony and Pepper. I love that relationship. Love it, love it, love it, love it. That and Makari and Druig now from Eternals. I love that one too. <laughs> I shipped that one. Um, but that that was great. That was fantastic and all that kind of stuff. But that was the A-Force thing that everybody talks about, right? When we see all the female heroes. So there's been a lot of talk about maybe an A-Force movie. So my thought directly went to that as well, that this could be A-Force. But let's take one more look at what specifically Feige said, right? We are already working with Scarlett Johansson on a not Black Widow related. Like he didn't just say it's not a Black Widow movie. Because if it's just not a Black Widow movie, then it could be A-Force. It could be something... Captain America Winter Soldier is not a Black Widow movie, but she features prominently in it. Feige specifically said here, it is not Black Widow related. So I, I guess there could be some wiggle room there that he might still be talking about A-Force, or maybe she's not an actress in it at all. Maybe she's just going to act as a producer on a project. Maybe what, I don't know. You hear this. What do you think he's talking about when he says Scarlett Johansson is going to be, is already working with us on a non-Black Widow related thing? Is it just a little misdirect? Could it be Black Widow? Could it be A-Force? Think she's just going to be producing? Do you think she's going to be acting? Do you have any guesses right now what you think it could be? I think we're done with Black Widow. I think we're totally done with Black Widow. Um, her exit was tragic yet beautiful, but it was one of those endings where it's like, it's done. It's done. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking at first, but honestly, I think Black Widow, we are done seeing her totally and completely. Unless you're going to have any flashbacks um, with um, Hawkeye, you know, as we see Helena going and, you know, dealing with that, like we saw in the end credit scene. By the way, just, just throwing out there, hmm. I think there's a 30% chance in the Hawkeye series that starts this week that we're going to see a flashback with uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, I, I, agree. I give him like I a solid thirty percent chance for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think we might go a little bit more into Budapest. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, yeah. just as a memory, you know, as he gets into the holidays and looks at the Christmas tree and remembers his dear friend. Um, but honestly, I don't know. But I'm really excited that Kevin Feige is sticking with her. I'm really excited that she is still sticking with Disney. I think they're a great pair if they could behave themselves. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know. We'll see, guys. Question is for you. What do you think this big top secret Scarlett Johansson project might be? I still think there's a chance it could be A-Force related that she's working on. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she's going to be a producer. Maybe she'll be back acting. Whatever you guys think this might be, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With all that down and out of the way, we told you at the beginning of the episode here that if you've got a thought, opinion, or comment, not a question, but a thought, opinion, or comment about any of the stories we talk about, fired into the super chat. You guys have been firing a bunch in. So let's jump over right now and see what you guys have been saying about this stuff. So, Kim, what are we starting off with here? All right. Stefan DeLint Waters says, hello, John and guests, turning 38 today. Happy birthday, Happy Stephen. birthday to you, friend. Love having my birthday during Thanksgiving week. Always good movies around to celebrate with. Absolutely. That is one of the cool things when there's like, that's one of the cool things about Christmas time as well. Always a lot of movies to go out and see with your family and friends on your birthday as well. So that's awesome. Happy birthday to you, man. All right. What's next? All right. Another super chat from our friend Stefan. 2021 is the year of Lin-Manuel Miranda for me. This year alone, he worked on Tick, Tick, Boom, In the Heights, Vivo, and Encanto love his music. You listen, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. 
in the in the Heights was an unmitigated failure He's at the box office, but the movie I thought was great. I really liked In the Heights. He's just uh, he directed Tick Tick Boom, and his music is going to be in Encanto. You're I didn't think about something, but you're you're right. This is kind of shaping up to be the year of Lin Manuel Miranda. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says I feel like not having Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow is like not having Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones or having Wolverine without Hugh, Hugh Jackman. I don't disagree, but we can have another Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. We can have another Wolverine, and we are going to have another Wolverine without uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, yeah, you can totally do it. It's totally fine. I just don't think anybody wants it. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's a kind of different situations a little bit. I just don't know that anybody wants it. So, yeah, I mean, color me a little bit uh, pessimistic, I suppose, but that's just kind of the way I see it. All right, what's next? Unbeatable says, just cast Michael Bolton to play Jack Sparrow. <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen that one? That was so freaking funny, that SNL. Um uh, it was it was Lonely Island, boys. Yes, it right? was. It was God, absolutely was Lonely Island. That was so freaking funny. Um, so I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. If you guys have not seen Michael Bolton and Lonely Island Captain Jack Sparrow music video, you absolutely must go and look it up because it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. You must go so and check funny. it out. So uh, yeah, there's. Uh, there's definitely that. Okay, what's next? <laughs> Jose Garcia says, Ray's got to give us at least a twirl in that fit. Oh, I think Ray's going to have to stand up and do that little twirl. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, come on, Sony. Come on, come on Sony. <laughs> a twirl or a twerk? You're going to have to give oh, it to one of them. Oh, a twerk. I can totally <laughs> down for Ray doing a twerk. Oh, boy. Start your choreography, no, no, buddy. No, you're not adding. You're not adding. <laughs> okay, to we this, won't but... add any more thing to it. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw says, uh-uh, nope. We need to get Kimberly in on this bet somehow. No, you don't. You do not. <laughs> now, Kim, Kim will have her own bet at some time, but not on this one. Not on this one. All right, what's next? Zombie TV sends in a 1999 super chat. Thank you. Oh, uh, thank you uh, for sending that in just to be supportive. Thank you, Zombie TV. All right, what's next? Raymond Verada says, next bet should be for all the marbles. Breakdance. Never going to happen. Just, just so you know, dun, never, dun, dun, dun. never going to happen. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you'll, you'll, <laughs> yeah, breakdancing. I'll pull out the old, my old uh, Adidas windbreaker outfit, the cardboard <laughs> box, get some Houdini playing on my jam box. Uh, yeah, no, ain't going to happen. There's, there's nothing that could possibly make that happen. All right, what's next? Let's get it, you guys. Let's keep going, keep going. Uh, City of Swift sends in a super chat and says, I'll definitely be tuning in for Blade Runner series. The audio, visual, and general aesthetic is for me what gives 2049 and the original an amazing backdrop for what I hope is an amazing story. I, I agree. Like Visually, they're both stunning. I just know, don't know that a TV series is going to get that kind of budget to actually make that same visual immersion that those movies had, particularly Blade Runner 2049. I just don't know that it would look the same, but if it is, it would definitely be worth looking at, no doubt. All right, what's next? James Argenta sends in a super chat and says, my prediction, Linda will play Marvel villain Dracula and will have a cameo in Moon Knight. I don't see him having a cameo in Moon Knight. And, and I don't know that you jump to Dracula right in the first Blade movie. Like even in... The Wesley Snipes one, they waited to the third Blade movie to go there. So I, I don't know. Possibility, yes, but I don't know. All right, what's next? Al Ranshaw says, 
I can't wait to see Campia eat ketchup on eggs. Also, John, we need you to release a photo of you in your breakdancing outfit. Hashtag I stand with Ray. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. It's not happening. There is. I'm telling you, there is going to be a trailer on November 29th. There's going to be a trailer on November 29th. It's going to happen. I feel it in my bones. It's going to happen. I have 28th no opinion. Or the 30th, please. Let's release it on those days. I mean, don't do it on the. 30th. I have no opinion. I do not want to be a part of this. We'll find out on the 30th. We will find out. All right. What's next? Dante Serechia says Delroy Lindo as Dracula. That's becoming a popular idea. All right. What's next? Milo Murphy says, I think Spider Monday is based on Cyber Monday. I have no idea. I, I don't know when the day. Ray, you're more in tune with like Black Friday deals and Cyber Monday. Is that when it happens? Is that Cyber Monday? Uh, Cyber Monday is, isn't the following Monday. It's the following Monday. Right. Okay. Did not know about that. All right. What's next? Okay. Unbeatable says waiting on Doc Ock and Electro to have Tony Stark beef. I mean, that is one thing that they really do need to move away from. Every one of, of Tom Holland's villains have been people that have been mad at Tony Stark. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of time for them to move away from that. By the way, the 29th is a Monday, right? Can you double check on that, Ray? But I yeah. think, I think. I think November 29th is a Monday. I think so, because today's the 22nd. All right. Sam. Let, let me put this on your radar, though. Yeah, it's a Monday. Okay. If you look... Now, granted, this movie is technically a Sony film, but Marvel is the production company behind it. Disney runs Monday Night Football. On a couple of their big releases, they have released new trailers for Star Wars films, and for MCU stuff during a Monday night football presentation. This coming Monday, it's a Monday. It's Monday night. Not only will they release a new trailer, it'll be released during Monday night football. They've done it before, and it will end with just the way that Star Wars movie one did with tickets on sales now and sell all the tickets. Ray, you start getting ready for that tutu, brother. Yeah, you can you can bring the ingredients for ketchup on eggs if you want. You can get ready to bring them over on that on the thirtieth. But I don't think you're going to need them. Man, it's <laughs> becoming the worst idea ever. It's <laughs> stacking up. All right, what's next? Sidious Swift says, "John, I hate to break it to you, I have seen No Way Home. It was Iron Man suits that were edited out, a la Iron Man three. Iron Man saves the day again. It would it would be just be like these movies that Tom Holland needs Tony Stark to save him again." All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, what counts as a new trailer? A whole new trailer with completely new footage or the same trailer with just Andrew and Toby in it? Uh, if, if they do this Monday night thing, it's going to be a new trailer. But I would still consider that even if they did just that, that would still count as a new trailer. They're dropping a new spot. If you got new footage in it, which this would technically be new footage, it's a new trailer. All right, what's next? Bobby Jackson sends in a super chat and says, if Ghostbusters can make over 40 million opening weekend, then I can't discount that interest hasn't waned for Alien or Blade Runner. Um, again, 40-something million exceeds the expectation. But it is still representative of the fact that Ghostbusters is not as big of a property as it was. If you had done this Ghostbusters movie 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I think it would have done better. So even though it exceeded expectations and it's they made it for a reasonable amount of money, that's good. 
But I don't think that bodes well for Blade Runner or Alien. Again, I'm not saying those are going to flop. I'm not. I'm just saying I, I have questions. I have serious questions about it. All right. Well pointed out, Bobby. All right. What's next? Kevin Callison's in a super chat to support. Thank you, Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Red Hood says, if they show Toby and Andrew on Monday, I'm day one. I think at this point, it's not a big deal to show or tease them. It's not. And again, like we said, Sony just did this with Ghostbusters. They just revealed in the final week leading up to the movie. Oh, by the way, Bill Murray, uh, Ernie Hudson, and Dan, Dan Aykroyd, they're all in it. And they they let that out. That would follow suit here. I agree. Listen, they, they purposefully let that footage of Lizard getting punched by an invisible force. They purposely put that in there. That wasn't a, oops, we had no idea we left that in there. Oh, my stars and garters. What did we do? <laughs> no, they knew. They knew, and at that, when they do release it, and they drop, and you see Andrew and Toby in it, and then tickets on sale now, if you have anything you have to do on the internet that day, I hope you've already done it, because the internet's going to crumble. Ticket sales, get your be ready in queue right away, because ticket sale outlets are going to start crashing. They're going to sell all the tickets. I am afraid you heard me say they're going to sell a lot of tickets. What I said is... <laughs> They drop a trailer like that, particularly if it's on Monday Night Football. I don't know if it'll be on Monday Night Football, but they drop a new trailer on the 29th and they flash Andrew and Toby in it. It's all the tickets. They're all gone. They're all gone. And I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I don't know that it's coming, but I think it's coming. All right, what's next? Ben Rayner says, well, TV spots for No Way Helm have started. Saw five different ones this morning on YouTube. Not complaining, just saying. Yeah, they've already, in, in true, typical, both Sony and MCU fashion, they've started releasing a, a, a huge amount of new TV spots, all very similar to each other, each with something a little bit unique in it. One, the, one of the shots that was really cool was, you see Doc Ock throwing Spider-Man around, but then Spider-Man's iron legs come out and pull him out and then doc ock looks at his arms and says it looks like we have a little competition which i thought was really really fun that was a cool spot oh, i haven't in there. seen that one but then it looks like ultimately doc ock wins the fight because it looks like from the tv spots it ends with him having peter completely wrapped up and like he's getting ready to kill him and then the mask comes off and he goes you're not peter parker and tom going i am so confused right now it looks like a lot of fun but yeah they have started dropping a lot of tv spots all building up to november 29th with a new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer will debut. All right, that's my guess. All right, what's next? Techfin says, great show, John. Keep it up. Hey, man, it's always nice when people want to send in comments like that just to be nice and supportive. Thank you, dude. Appreciate that. What's next? Kyle Bennerson's in a $9.99 super chat. Thank you, Kyle. With Spider-Man already existing in Toby and Andrew and Morbius and Venom versus... If Spidey leaves the MCU, I'm curious where he would go if all options already have their own Spider-Man. And just to be clear, we don't know that Spider-Man exists in Venom's universe or Morbius's universe. But John, there's a mural on the it doesn't matter that there's a mural on the wall. That could have just been a cute little Easter egg. It could have been anything. So uh it doesn't necessarily mean anything yet. If there was already a Spider-Man in the Venom slash Morbius verse, by the way. Um, we'll, we'll know a lot more soon. That, that's all I can say. There, we'll know more soon. Everybody will know more soon. But if, if there was a Spider-Man in that universe, you would have think you would think it would have been mentioned at this point. And it hasn't been. So I don't know that there is one in that universe yet. Then the meaning of the mural on the wall, who knows? No idea. Again, like, it, like we said, it could just be 
a fun little Easter egg that, you know, Jared Leto's character is walking through an alley and there's this mural on the wall. It's unimportant. It's just an Easter egg. Maybe, or maybe it has more meaning. We'll find out soon. All right, what's next? Okay, Fusili Boys says, new role involving Johnny Depp character. Chalamet has entered the chat. Hey, listen, if you are going to do a live-action Captain Jack and you're going with the younger Captain Jack, look, X-Actor and X-Role and everything, but Chalamet is the next Daniel Day-Lewis, in my opinion. This, I mean, I still think it's a terrible idea. He's the first person I thought of when really? we thought of like, oh, could they be coming from a younger angle, a standalone film? Right. Chalamet's the first person I thought of. Hey, look, again, I think the whole thing's a terrible idea, and I can't imagine anybody at Disney thinking this will work. But if you're going to do this bad idea, that would be the best thing to do in the bad idea, is casting Timothy Chalamet in that. But yeah, so there's that. All right, what's next? Great minds, Fusilli. Sam Fisher says, and Paul McCartney was his uncle. I think he's talking about um, I can't, did, and Pirates. Did he Paul had a McCartney little, make an appearance? little cameo. I, think I can't remember did. now. There have been so many. I think he did. I, yeah, he probably did. I just I just don't remember. There, so many of the Pirates films are so forgettable that eh, it is what it is. All right. <laughs> what's next? Xavier Black Wiley says the same, the same studio that won't recast T'Challa after one movie will... Pa- Will we pass Captain Jack after five? What sense does that make? Well, I mean, <clears throat> to be fair, those are two very different scenarios, right? Let, yeah, let, Johnny uh, Depp didn't pass away. Yeah, Johnny Depp didn't suddenly and tragically pass away. I mean, that that's a totally different situation. Than the, now, I still think it's a mistake that they're not recasting T'Challa. I totally believe they should recast T'Challa. I think that's how you honor the memory of Chadwick Boseman to keep his legacy going. But they're not fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you can compare the two situations. They are very, very different sets of circumstances. All right, what's next? Mike Hill says, I like the Dracula idea for Delroy Lindo. I think you're going to find a lot of people kind of like the idea, Mike. I mean, we already heard from several of you in there. May, again, I just feel like it's too early to go Dracula, but maybe. I mean, he is probably going to be Whistler, but I just like the idea of Delroy Lindo facing off of Mahershala Ali. I just think that could be really cool. All right, what's next? Al Rinshaw says, Garfield actually spent a year to learn how to sing and play piano. He said this in interviews. He was amazing in Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, he sang before last year. You don't become that he kind of singer. He did say he sang before um, yeah, last year. I mean, yeah, you you don't get that good. If, if that was true, everybody could be on America's. Got I think Talent he tuned. He just tuned his instrument, but he did because um, he was talking about his mom, and it was very touching on the Today Show. But he did say that he he has a lot of prior experience. All right, what's next? Max Papanu says, "Hey John, the whole Jack Sparrow solo project reminds me of what Lucasfilm did with the Han Solo movie." No one wanted it, and it made very little money. Yeah, I mean, obviously for different reasons. I mean, I can remember when they were making Solo, I said, why would you make a Solo movie right now when you just had a Star Wars movie with Harrison Ford as Solo in it? It made no sense to me. The movie ended up being pretty good. I mean, I I like the movie. But yeah, this, I just can't see it being real. I just can't see it being, I can't see people at Disney being that dumb. All right, what's next? Norwegian Kryptonian says, all for a new Pirates movie. 
But Jack Sparrow is to me like Ace Ventura or Austin Powers, very tied to the charisma of the actor portraying them. It is. I mean, it's the same thing with like, look, I believe all actors are replaceable. I 100% believe that. I 100% believe all actors are replaceable. All directors are replaceable. Somebody out there can do the job as well or better. There are some actors and role combinations that make it difficult to imagine, though. And particularly when they're tied to that actor is the one that gave the life and the personality of the character. Tony Stark being played by Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., obviously working very closely with Jon Favreau, they came up with what this Tony Stark was going to be like. And then he invited that. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Deadpool's always been written a certain way, but it was something about Ryan Reynolds, the way he gave that character what it was. And certainly Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. Again, every actor can be replaced, but some are harder than others. And this is one of those situations that would be very hard to do it. So, yeah. All right. What's next? Rusty Whitey says, I love Rent. I agree with you about the songs, except for the first song, 3090. I've been listening to it on repeat. It hits me hard because I'm also approaching 30. The song felt like a personal attack. <laughs> love the movie. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Rusty sent in like a $20 super chat. Thank you, Thank Rusty, you. for supporting us on that level. Yes, the opening musical number is this thing called 3090, which is basically a song about I'm turning 30 because he's lamenting the fact that all of his favorite like uh, composers and people all had already had their big hits and everything by the time they were 30. And here he was turning 30 in a couple of days and he hasn't accomplished anything yet. And it's turning 30 in 1990. So the song is called 3090. It might be my favorite one. That or the real relationship song. Might oh, yeah. be my favorite one in it. But again, overall, I'm not going to be driving my car putting on the songs from Tick, Tick, Boom in Oh, my I'm going to get Sunday, and I'm going to belt it with the windows up See, because she can't sing. Greatest Showman. But I will be belting that for, for, for weeks to come. Greatest Showman is one I can put on and listen to Tell every song. Tell me you want to go. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as it goes, but, people. But I don't know that I will do that for Tick, Tick, Tick. Can you so, sing? I... I sang lead in a band for a few years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We talked about that. I, but I'll tell you right now. Like, can I pick up my guitar and sing? Are you a, song? a secret yes. Michael Bublé or like? No, I can't. Like, for instance, I I can't sing as good as Andrew Garfield. Like, I sing. Like, I'll pick up my guitar and I've played concerts, but I can't sing as good as Andrew can Garfield. Can Ray sing? Sing? Oh, no. Ray. Can I get oh. a song and a dance? Ray no. is like the Filipino Andre Bocelli. No. <laughs> That's Ray. No, he, like, no, no, no. He no, like no. sings. Um, That'll be another bet. We pray that life be kind and help us on our way. I walk into Ray's house every once in a while. And he's there just belting out some like some Pavarotti and Bocelli and things like that Don't all the that. time. Don't believe that. <laughs> all right. What's next? Sam Fisher says. I go to this. I got to the same university that John Larson went to. We supposedly have a bench in our performing arts center that La Larson wrote most of Rent on. Oh, that's so cool to hear. That's a really nice thing. Thanks for sharing that, Sam. All right, what's next? Pablo Zuniga says, speaking of another weekend release, went to watch King Richard this weekend and loved it. It was nice seeing Aaron in there too. Uh, I have not seen King Richard yet. Because, number one, I refuse to watch it on HBO. I'm going to go to the theater to see King Richard. But 
Again, it opened in theaters on Thursday when Anne and I and Kaori decided to make an impromptu trip to Vegas and we got back yesterday. I have not had a chance to see it yet. So hopefully tonight or maybe tomorrow I'm going to go see King Richard because I'm not going to watch it on HBO. I'm going to go see it in theater and I can't wait to see both Aaron and her husband Tom in it. So I'm very excited about that. All right. What's next? Sidious Swift says, full disclosure, I hadn't seen any Ghostbusters content before I watch Afterlife. I found the movie hard to get into or care. I hope it does well. Yeah, see, you know what? Sidious. You raise up an interesting thing, Sidious, because I, obviously, I am soaked in Ghostbuster stuff. I watched it when I was younger. I know it. And so I wonder, you know, you raise a great point. I don't know how people who have, who have no knowledge of previous Ghostbusters and the classic Ghostbusters, I don't know how well this will hit you. I saw an experience as somebody who had grown up watching it. So obviously I have that advantage. But if I hadn't, would I have liked it as much? I don't know. I can't remember. Did you see Ghostbusters yet? Sure did. And But you've seen the original Ghostbusters, right? Many a time. Right. So yes, here's, huge fan. Here's, how do you think you would have responded to it had you had no knowledge of the original Ghostbusters? Because I honestly don't know. You know, I don't think I would have felt the sentimental feelings towards um, uh, Harold's character. But it was actually a little bit more kind of, well, not super scary, you know, but it was a little bit more scary than I thought it would be. Um, So I got I got kind of creeped out, but it was so much fun. It was just fun. It had that fun action movie that you want to take your family to. I was laughing. Oh, my gosh. There's a little kid in there. Not McKenna Grace, not the kid from uh, Stranger Things. He plays this character called Podcast. This kid oh, is going to go places, he, man. He was good. That kid yeah, yeah. had me cracking up. I want my child one day to be like that kid. But um, I would have had a ton of fun had I not been a fan. It, it was just fun. Yeah. Fun and creepy, man. Fun and creepy. All right. Next up. K Major says, hey, JC, no spoiler discussion for Ghostbusters. Thought you mentioned it. I was going to do an open spoiler discussion for Ghostbusters. That was the plan. Ray even made a thumbnail for it. He made uh, a thumbnail that I should probably put up and let you guys see. But he made a thumbnail for it, and I did not see it. Actually, let me see if I can. uh, Where did you put it, Ray? I'm looking in the Ray folder, but I don't see it in in the the Ray folder. Oh, it's in the main one? It's in the main drive. Should be at the bottom next to the Eternals. Wait, in the Carson Drive folder? Yeah. I don't see it in the Carson Drive folder at all. Hmm. Yeah, maybe double check that. But anyway, I'll, I'll show you. The, so he even made a thumbnail for it. But the reality was, by the time I got back from Vegas and made that like three and a half hour drive back from Vegas when we got home, I was wiped. I was wiped. I barely had enough energy to watch Tick, Tick, Boom last night. And so uh, we were going to do an open spoiler discussion for Ghostbusters Afterlife, but yeah, I I just didn't have it in me to do it. I just didn't I wanted to do it. We planned on it, but just just couldn't muster it up. And Oh, it's in the show's folder. Oh, it's in the show's yeah, folder. Yeah. And on top of all that, on top of all that, um the reality is only about 44 uh million dollars worth of you guys went to go see it. So it's not like there would have been a lot of people to watch it if we had done a, a thing. Oh, there it is. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up here. There's the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is a good <laughs> job of matching the, the color scheme of it and lighting sources and everything. That looks awesome. But so we were going to do it. There's the evidence. We were going to do this afterlife discussion, but I, I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. All right. 
What's next? Ross Pitt Shark Hunter says, "Say saw Ghostbusters Afterlife yesterday as a birthday present to myself, and I adored it. Phoebe is now my favorite Ghostbuster. Uh, again, I had so much fun with the movie. It's charming and adorable. And like I said, just the right amount of homage to the original without just being an all homage movie. I thought it's very, very well done. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch says, John, I don't think all the tickets can possibly be sold. My parents, along with many other people, are still just not ready to go into a theater yet. I'm not saying everybody's going to go, but I'm saying all the tickets will be sold. There's not enough room in the theaters for everybody to go, but all the tickets will be sold. They show, like I just saw a recent projection saying anywhere, they're projecting Spider-Man No Way Home to make anywhere between 135 and 185 million opening weekend, destroying the current pandemic era record, destroying it. And I could totally see that. I, I said I can see it coming into that numbers. But they drop a new trailer on the 29th. And they show, even for a second, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in it. It is far going to exceed those estimates. It is just far going to go into the 200 million range. It will sell all the tickets. It'll sell all the tickets. And then everybody else who's not quite ready to go back to the theater yet, they'll see it later. But there's enough people who are willing to go back to the theater and will go if they show Toby and Peter, a Toby as Peter and Andrew as Peter, I think they will. I've had friends that have been avoiding the movie theater. You know, obviously we went through, you know, coronavirus and they're like, but <laughs> Spider-Man will be my first in theater. If I got to come in gloves and another mask and some hands, more hand sanitizer, they're like, oh, I'm seeing this in the theater. Day one. So yep, I don't could know. Be. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher says working with doesn't mean acting. ScarJo could be an EP on a Marvel project for another character. She's a fan of. Yeah. yeah we said that exact same thing ourselves. She could just could be producing or maybe even writing for all we know. And we'll see. All right. What's next? Ben Rayner says over under 5% ScarJo is directing something for the I MCU. I would go over five, but not much over five. I would keep it under 15, but I'll say over 5% that she could actually be trying her hand at directing an MCU film. All right, what's next? Aaron S. says, I know it's Sony, but Disney has a history of releasing Star Wars trailers during Monday yep. Night Football with tickets on sale after. Tutu time. Tutu time. That's the new hashtag. That's Disney. Tutu time. <laughs> That's Disney. They're working with them, though. I completely agree, Aaron S. And the new hashtag of the show is tutu time. Nah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Voltron Prime says, could Scarlet be working on What If? I highly, I don't see anything that would point towards that. So I don't think so. All right. And besides, What If is not a top secret project right now. So everybody knows they're making season two. All right, what's next? CDP Worship says, hey, John, not sure if tickets for No Way Home will be dropping will drop midnight the 29th, but I know it will break the internet. Yeah, no, look, I think they will go on sale once the trailer drops. And again, let me be clear. We don't know that a trailer is coming on the 29th. That is me speculating that there's going to be a, a trailer on the 29th, right? We don't know that it will be, but I'm counting on it. I have eggs and ketchup. Riding what, what, what if it's just like a TV spot? Then I win, right? If it's a TV we spot. We have to make this more, we have to make this bet clear. <laughs> Well, what do you consider a trailer? More than two minutes? No, look, if it is a brand oh, new thing. No, no, really first of all, that first all they never play a full two-minute thing on uh, TV. Right. Like, they never play a full two-minute thing on TV, right? So I would say, look, if it is a clear new spot that is ending with the thing, tickets on sale now, I think that's got to count because that's the whole point of this thing. Okay. So with Toby and Andrew in it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We never said that. Uh, we just said that there will be a new trailer. 
as a part of that new trailer that will end with tickets on sale now, I think Toby and Andrew will be a part of that, but I'm not willing Let's to make, make another bet. What's the other bet? Oh, God. If they aren't in it, then I don't have to wear the tutu. Let's make a bet on top of the bet. That was never part of it. That will cancel out the bets. Never part of it. They may or may not be in it. I have to say, one thing you guys can be sure of, I'm glad I'm not in the bet because Kimberly will be taking a lot of pictures and I will be selling merch of either John eating ketchup (laughs) or him in a tutu on Kimberly and John's bed. If you want to see see John almost almost hurling and vomiting, that's that's, that's the one. All right, what's next? Milo Murphy says, my point point was Spidey Monday doesn't mean trailer. No, it doesn't automatically mean it, but I, I, th- I think it will. But we'll find out. All right, what's next? Cincinnati's five-star barber says, Hi, John. I'm in on this bet with you, and we are not eating any nasty oh, wow. ketchup with eggs. Yep. Wow, I thought we were friends. We were just chatting in the chat. <laughs> now I just he on you, bro. Not even on my side. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? People backstabbing Ray all over the place here. All right, last one. What's next? All right, this comes from Justin Kuehler. Replacing Bob Chapek with Reggie Phil's anime, former Nintendo president, Amy, sorry, former Nintendo president, would be absolutely amazing. I see him as a Bob Iger equivalent. I mean, but running one kind of business doesn't automatically mean you can run another type of business. And running a Disney empire is different than running Nintendo. Haven't you seen Ted Lasso? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that drives me crazy about Ted Lasso is, oh, yeah, you can just be somebody who knows nothing about anything and just walk in and do a great job. I mean, I love Ted Lasso. I do. Totally the wrong message to send to people, right? Mm. Anyway, um, look, I honestly, if they ever did replace Bob Chapek, and I do believe they'll give him at least three years, and I think we should all, listen, nobody, I feel very safe in saying this. I don't think anybody's been as an outspoken critic of Bob Chapek as I have been. But even I will say a couple things. Number one, he took over the job in the most impossible of circumstances. All the parks closed, all the movie theaters closed, no production being able to happen, finished movies sitting on shelves collecting dust. He took over in an impossible situation. You got to give him that. Number two, this isn't like who's going to do a good job painting your house where you can find out in a day. You got to give him time. And as, as critical as I have been of Bob Chapek's leadership right now, you got to give him more time and we'll see if he's able to turn this around. So, but I think if they ever do replace him, it will be somebody in-house. I think it'll be somebody in-house, uh, much like Chapek himself was, but I think they'll maybe go in a different direction, but who knows? We'll have to wait and find out. We'll, we'll say, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Listen, that'll do it for all the comments from you guys that have sent in. Thank you to everybody who sent in those comments. Um, Now we're going to move on to taking your questions. But before we do, we're going to take a quick three to four minute break here. We're going to go refill our drinks. We're going to use the bathroom quick. Give you guys a chance to grab something to eat, talk amongst yourselves. We will get to your questions in just a second. So don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. Thank you, sir, your patience and indulgence as we took a little bit of a break there. We're now going to go over and start taking the questions you guys have sent in. Remember, if you'd like to send in a question to be read on this show or in an upcoming companion video, simply go down to the description of this video and see the tip link. Click on that there, or you can enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your question read on a show if we deem it appropriate for our show, of course. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us involved with the John Campus Show 
Thank you guys very much for your support. All right, let's get over to those questions that have been coming in for a few days now, especially since we didn't do a show on Friday. So what do we got up first here, Kim? All right, guys, this comes from Tron. He says, I feel a bit bad for Hawkeye. The show comes out next week, and it feels like the only thing MCU fans seem to care about and talk about is Spider-Man. Yep. Personally, I almost forgot it was coming out. Do you agree that the No Way Home hype has overshadowed the show a bit? 100% it has. Yeah, and it is an unfortunate thing for Hawkeye. But listen, Hawkeye will come out and people will know it's coming out. Uh, we will be doing, our, of course, our post-game wrap-up of uh, you know the day on Wednesday afternoon. We'll be doing our Hawkeye spoiler open discussions, our post-game show, because you know Tuesday is game day. So we're going to be doing that, looking forward to it. But yes, it has been overshadowing it a lot because... You're not the only one that forgot it was even coming out this week. All right, what's next? Justin M. says, the other day I sent lots of chats about my somewhat ridiculous, yet not at all groundbreaking theories for Spider-Man No Way Home. I ate a magic gummy Woo! and truly thought I was doing the Lord's work. <laughs> so this is just to say thanks for all you, you guys, your effort and time. Hey, Justin, no problem, my friend. And hey, listen, you're not the only theories going out there that sound like they were inspired by magic gummies. So we appreciate you, my friend. And thanks for the follow-up very much. All right, what's next? Mr. Burns says, hey, John, just make sure you don't own up to that bet until Tuesday morning. Yes. Even if there is no trailer on the 29th, on Monday morning, it could still show up at night. So you can't take the punishment of that bet till Tuesday morning. Oh, absolutely. One way or the other, the bet is not resolved on Monday morning. I expect it to come out later in the day. So we will know on Tuesday, the 30th, if it indeed has happened that. And you'll either see me gagging as I try to shuffle down eggs with ketchup on them, one of the most disgusting things ever, you know, in the history of mankind, or you're going to see this man, Ray Ora, yep. in a delightful dance-ready outfit. Let's do it on the 28th. <laughs> Sunday's a good day for trailers. Yeah, that's right, 28th. All right, what's next? Daniel D. says, Hello, John, Kim, and Ray. What are you guys' thoughts on the new theory on No Way Home, final battle taking place on the Statue of Liberty? Hmm, not the first Marvel film to do so. Who's coming through at the end of the trailer? X-Men? Mutants in the MCU? Yeah, so look, I I've seen this theory come out there a number of times that, wait a minute, that's the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty is also in, guess what? Statue of Liberty is in a lot of movies. It's in a lot of movies. So I, I don't, now look, I do believe when he says they're all coming through, I think that could mean Blade. I think that could mean X-Men. I think it could mean a lot of things. But I wouldn't say that just because the Statue of Liberty is in it. That necessarily means that. So that's my take on that. All right, what's next? Kim does believe it, though. She's <laughs> all for do. it. Uh, Mark Neto says, Hey, John, I'm curious. A bit off topic, but what's your take on Sean Evans' Hot Ones? Also looking forward to Spider-Man. Just going to go in with no expectations and let it absorb, because that's what the film should do, in my opinion. So Keep who, it filthy. who asked that question? Mark Neto. I think I got lost in the... Go up, go up, right there. There it is, okay. He's got um, the hands. Oh, uh, I, I have no opinion of Sean Evans. I, I don't know him, never met him. I think Hot Ones is a really, really cool uh, thing that they do. I haven't watched all of them. I've watched a few. Um, I mean, he's dating Natasha. So, I mean, and she's, she's a smart girl. 
I mean, so if if she's with Sean, I'm, I'm sure he's probably a really nice guy, but I don't, I don't know anything. I don't follow him closely enough. So no opinion whatsoever. All right. What's next? Connor says, let's just say hypothetically that Venom is only in a post credit scene of No Way Home. Do you think this most likely means a new deal with Marvel and Sony has been signed? Because when else would you show up in the MCU if Spider-Man was indeed to go back to Sony? No, I don't think it would mean anything because... Look, I believe Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be the the, the catalyst of what sends Spider-Man over to the Sony-verse. But that might not be fulfilled in this movie. It could be fulfilled in Doctor Strange 2. So it'll the events of Spider-Man No Way Home are going to be what predicates Spider-Man going back to Sony, but that may not actually happen until Doctor Strange 2. So no, if it even if it does play out that way, I don't think it means that Sony and Marvel have inked a new deal. Although it is possible that Sony and Marvel have inked a new deal, but I don't think that would be the indicator of that. All right, what's next? Gipper says, and this is one of two, John, my No Way Home trailer theory is that the scene when Spider-Man three of them is fighting electro lizard sandman is not the climax of the film i think they're set up to believe that this is the case especially when doctor strange is at the same location saying they are starting to come through and i can't stop them my theory is this takes probably around the middle of the film tom holland keeps saying this is the only this is only the tip of the iceberg. So I think it just gets bonkers. Thoughts? Yeah, we mentioned ourselves uh, last week that, look, we everybody's under the impression that that shot, let me see if I can get the shot up the... here. Uh, there it is. That that shot is from the big final climax battle of the movie. And, and, and it's understandable why everybody would think that. It very well could be that this is from the final last battle sequence of the movie but it's not necessarily from the third act of the movie. This could be in the middle of the movie. I mean, it could be. I mean, many people say, well, if it's got the Spider-Man in it, they're probably not showing up at the end. Yeah, probably, but we don't know that. By the way, listen, Andrew and Toby may not even be in this movie. I mean, obviously everybody thinks they are. There's good, solid reasons to think they are, but we don't know for 100% sure that they are. And I mean, the missing people in this one could be Doc Ock and Venom fighting alongside of Spider-Man. I mean, we don't know. But yeah, it, this might not be the end of the movie. It probably is, but it's not necessarily. All right, what's next? Mark Goman says, hey, John, just came from the movie theater after having watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. What a great and respectful homage to the 80s original. I loved it. I can recommend it to everybody. Be sure to stick around for both the mid-credits and the end credits. Yeah, I'll be honest. There I was... didn't find the credit scenes so mind-blowing, but they were fun. They were definitely fun, like the whole movie is fun, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. You look like you're wondering about something. No, I saw the one end credit. I didn't know there was another one. There's two, one. yeah. Duck gun. You missed it? Well, now you got an excuse to go back and watch it again. I got to see it again, bro. All right, what's next? Okay, Movie Pass Shill says, John, I watched an old companion video, and you mentioned that you've cried in a few movies. Very one small of, amount, but yes. One of those being my best friend's wedding. Yep. I went to go see that movie on a first date, and my date and I just loved that movie, and she cried too. Here we go. We had such a good time that we went on another date. Fast forward to now, we've been together for 23 years, married for 19, and have three girls. Nice. I owe my marriage to that movie. That is an awesome story, movie, Pat. Thanks for sharing. You know, so Ann and I kind of have 
I'm not an exactly identical thing, but the first movie we watched together was actually a little horror movie called 30 Days of Night. Um, <laughs> where, because, you know, it's a terrific premise for a movie because, you know, vampires can't be in daylight. So they're in this town in Alaska where you like get months of darkness, right? And Ben Foster's in it. And I try to remember all the other people. And it's really, really good movie. And that was the first movie we watched together. And we've been together. So I remember I was talking to the director sometime after that. I said, by the way, your movie is the first, like one of the very first things Ann and I ever did. So I kind of owe my marriage to you in some ways. So can I give him that? All right. What's next? <laughs> Sorry. That reminds me of on the office when Pam's talking to Jim and she's saying, I thought I was going to the movies to see the 30 days, the Sandra Bullock movie, but it turned out to be 30 days of night uh, and I just I stayed. That. I gotta that up. <laughs> okay. This comes from Andy Huang. This is one of nine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Got a lot of thoughts there. I'm with you, bro. Okay. Hi, John. If I time this right. By the way, I just want to point out that Andy sent in Ray's favorite number. Sent 69. In $69. $69. <laughs> Super chat. Thank you, Andy, myself, and Ray. Thank you for that very much, dude. That's really generous of you. All right. <laughs> what, what is he writing? <laughs> okay. Andy says, hi, John. If I time this right, then you should be reading this on Friday, November 19th. We would have been if we if we <laughs> had a show on Friday. That's exactly when this would have been read. But we didn't have a show on Friday, unfortunately. Which would make it exactly one year since Supernatural's final episode oh, wow. titled Carry On came out. It's kind of crazy. When the show ended, I'd watched this show for half my life. Leading up to it, I was wondering how I was going to handle it. This year felt so weird knowing that another new episode of SPN won't pop of Supernatural won't pop up on TV. The Supernatural family was very much split on the ending. Some of the fans generally didn't like how Dean died or that he died at all and have said that the series finale tossed aside all character development. That made no sense to me since this episode was more of an epilogue as the main plot was already done and the intention was for the brothers to die and say goodbye to the fans in this show's unique way. I do get how Dean dying by the Raber facing random vampires can seem unfitting of a legendary hunter, but it kind of made sense since they are no since they no longer had plot armor from Chuck, which was a topic. They got meta about an episode that season. <clears throat> Regardless, I think fans focus too hard on how Dean died. The way I saw it, Dean's death may be petty, but the meaning behind it wasn't. Dean and Sam were an analogy for the show and the fans, respectively, in that scene. Dean's dying and he's about to go and it's hard for Sam to let him go, but this was bound to eventually happen one way or the other. Sam, fandom, doesn't want Dean, the show, to leave but dean assures him that he'll be fine and that although he's finished he continues to live on sam's heart live on in sam's heart similar to how this show and everything in it has brought us fans will continue to live through us life still continues for sam and he builds that life up which is how we as the fandom should move forward thus we will carry on Seeing it that way the first time I saw the series finale gave me the closure I needed to move on. I miss hanging out with Sam and Dean and for a new adventure so much, but I'm utterly grateful for the time spent and was and still am satisfied with the ending. What about you, John? What did you like and dislike about the series finale? What are some of your favorite memories from this show? 
the Chuck bad guy twist still makes no sense. Enjoy the $109 tip. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was a long one, dude. Thanks, Brendan. And one of my one of my favorite topics is, is Supernatural. I, I watched that show for a long time. I, I still can't believe that show ran 15 seasons. Now, really, the season finale was the second to last episode. That's where they wrapped up the show. And yes, the Chuck bad guy twist was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It, it's, it's almost like they panicked when they realized, oh, this next season is going to be our last season. Okay, uh, uh, let's make Chuck the bad guy. I, I, I mean, that's what it felt like because it was completely inconsistent with everything they had done with Chuck up to that point. So I still hated that twist. That being said, they wrapped it all up really in a great second to final episode, which in many ways would have been most other shows final episode. But you're right. The final episode was really more like an epilogue. It was really like uh, almost one big post credit scene. Saying, so now, okay, now here's what happened to the boys afterwards. And I had this discussion with people saying, well, it's kind of dumb that Dean just died fighting some average vampires. It's like, no, that's how it would really like if, if they can't, then there's no risk. They're hunters. They're fighting these supernatural monsters. It's kind of like Mike Tyson. Like if, if life was a script, people say, oh, that's so unrealistic that Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. But that's what happened. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's stupid that they had George St. Pierre lose to, uh, oh, what what's his name? Um, Matt Sarah. Well, yeah, but that's what happened. That stuff happens. And so out on a hunt fighting vampires, Dean died. And I was good with that. And I, I was, I really did appreciate again, to me, the second to last episode was really kind of the finale, but as kind of a big, long post credit scene showing now, this is what happened with the boys after that. This is how Dean died. This is eventually how, you know, the other brother died, how Sammy died. And this is what happened to them after they died. And now remember the original ending for it was going to be, they were going to get all the guest stars from all 15 seasons and try to have them all up there in heaven together, but pandemic, they couldn't make it happen. They, 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 there were some issues with pulling that all together. So they just gave it what they gave us, but I still thought it was great. I mean, the one weird thing was Sammy went on after Dean died, met somebody, got married, had a family. His son becomes a hunter. Cause we see the son with the hunter mark on him afterwards as well. And then Sam dies in, of old age in his bed at home. And it's kind of funny that the first person he encounters as heaven is his brother. It's like, he was married for 50 years to a woman who apparently had passed. I don't know. Maybe they're saying she hadn't passed away yet, but I thought it was implied that she might've already passed away since it was only his son sitting there at his deathbed with him. But whatever I thought it was, I thought it was a very good post show episode. To me, the actual finale was the second to last episode, but I thought it was a very appropriate post-show episode. And I thought it wrapped it up nicely. And some people complain, says, but it didn't leave any open room that four years from now, if they want to do a supernatural reunion movie where it's like one more event. Guys, this is supernatural. Sam and Dean have both come back from the dead multiple times in this show. So, I mean, that's still possible, but I really liked it. Andy. Anyway, Andy, I'm glad you love the show as much as I did. And thanks for sharing your thoughts in such a long way. Cause I really like the way you went into that. So thank you so much for that, dude. All right. What's next. Tony Rodriguez says, Hey John, been watching you since the closet days and wanted to say, I like the new format. Oh, thank you. 
and new runtime. Love hearing Kimberly read the questions. Thank you. She sounds like and reminds me in cadence of the days of Ashley Mova reading. A high compliment to be sure. <laughs> and as for Brother Ray, we need to hear him more. He's got a <laughs> hell of a sense of humor. So keep up the good work, guys. Bring on the filthy and the stabby stabby. Stabby stabby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, I'll tell you what. It helps me so much to have like first of all, to have Kim in the room with me to do all that reading and and to give the show pace and all that kind of stuff. It helps me out so much because I don't feel like at the end of each episode, like my voice is about to go out. It's crazy. I think and it's now better I pace do. to it, more personality <laughs> to show. I just, I really like it a lot. So thank you for the kind words, man. I appreciate that. And yes, stabby stabby. Hey, and I'm only silent today because it's slowly sinking in that I'm going to lose <laughs> this bet. <laughs> You want to hear and more I'm from trying Ray? to figure out how to get out of it. <laughs> you want to hear more from Ray? Don't worry. You're going to see more of Ray. No. A lot more. What was no. the hashtag again? Hashtag I stand two, with two Ray. Time? Let's no, have no. A, oh, oh, two, two times. Time? Two, two time? Let's have a subscription count like that day. <laughs> how many <laughs> subscribers go up or down on the day Ray wears a tutu? All right. What's next? All right. This comes from David G. First time writing. Do you think that when Doc Ock is first fighting Spider-Man, the inhibitor chip is busted, then gets fixed when the arms absorb the nanotech. Maybe explains why he is fighting in the beginning, despite his completed arc in Spider-Man 2. Well, remember, look, this it's, it's a little pointless to speculate too much about finer details of plot motivation when we haven't seen what's going on yet. For all we know, we don't know how he comes over. We don't know the exact moment that he comes over. Maybe when he comes over, he's incredibly discombobulated and confused and, and what, I mean, we just don't know. So going beyond that and then going, now what happened with the inhibitor? I, I mean, I don't know. Right now, I have no idea about any of that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But those those are definitely possibilities. And again, I think this movie gets to a point where Doc Ock is an ally of Peter and is fighting alongside of him. Whether or not he's taken out of that one Sandman scene at the end or not, I think we're going to see him fighting alongside Peter. And ultimately, is the reason Peter doesn't just want to send all these people back because he doesn't want Dr. Octavius to die. So that's my guess, but we'll see. All right, what's next? Good morning, John. Do you know if tickets... I'm sorry, this comes from Marco. Hi, Marco. Good morning, John. Do you know if tickets for Spider-Man No Way Home will be available as soon as midnight hits on the 29th. Also, if they do, what time zone will they release them in? Eastern, Pacific, Pacific, etc. Thank you in advance. Um, no, my guess, first of all, we don't know. My guess will be, again, this is just a guess, there will be a trailer, and when the trailer airs, it will say, tickets on sale now. I do not expect that will be at 12.01 a.m. on the 29th. I'm guessing it will be during Monday Night Football. That's just, a, I mean, just a guess. And that tickets will go on sale And that then? tickets will go on sale at Once that Once that moment. trailer hits, they're going to open the box. That's what I believe. Okay. I, they've done it before and had great success doing it. So, yeah. So, I wouldn't expect it at 12.01 a.m. Again, we don't even know that there's a trailer coming at all. I might be eating eggs with ketchup on it. But I think it will be. And if it does, I think it'll come later in the day. That's just a guess, though. All right. What's next? Joe Big Happy Durham says, hey, John, Ray, and Kimberly. I was smoking my sticky icky and I started thinking, could it be the Sandman, Electro and the Lizard versus Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange and Doc Ock if Toby and Andrew isn't there to help Toby Spider-Man? Here's the thing. There's no reason to hide Do Doctor Strange. We know he's in the movie. He's in other parts of the trailer. 
Doc Ock could be one because they're trying to hide the big turn where he's fighting alongside him. That's possible. But I really don't see what the purpose would be to hide Doctor Strange when we all know he's in the movies in the trailer already. So I don't think so. I don't think so, Big Joe. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, fire Chapik and make Feige CEO. No. LOL. <laughs> John, have you ever watched the show Psych? My favorite show of all time. Their third movie came out on Peacock today. Uh, apparently you've watched Psych. I am a psycho, but in the best way. Pineapples. Oh my God, that show is amazing. That show... Have you ever watched, watched it? it? John! I, suck it! I, I, I keep hearing from... Suck it! I, I keep hearing from a lot of people that's pretty good. Pretty but good. But I've just never never gotten around to watch. Is it actually that good? It's so freaking great. Really? It is so great. The chemistry between Gus and Sean and the detectives, the guest stars they have on there. They have Val Kilmore. And the guest stars are so, like perfect they're absolutely perfect they have the best guest stars uh, they did like an episode that was like clue and they had like a bunch of people from clue in it um almost i think almost the whole cast from clue in it and the mysteries are good and their movies have been great i absolutely love it love it love it love it and it's so endearing because one of the uh, main characters uh, had a stroke a couple years ago um and they still did their second movie and it was actually pretty beautiful the way they tied him in i just love the psycho community all right okay i, I will someday Not i will have to days. get around to it all right what's next dennis hernandez says what if michael keaton's vulture was already in dr strange 2 and he sort of let it slip with mentioning he was even shooting stuff. Keep up the filthy. Yeah, I mean, look, we t we talked last week and Michael Keaton revealed on, I think it was Kimmel. I think it was Kimmel he was on. Anyway, and he revealed that I'm shooting Vulture stuff tomorrow. My guess is that means Doctor Strange 2, which is already right now we know in Postcards is, is doing uh, pickup shooting and reshoots. So it's possible he was already in the movie. Like, it's, it's possible that Vulture is already in the movie and he's just now doing reshoots or he's just going in to shoot some post-credit stuff. Who knows? But that is absolutely a possibility, Dennis. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Clark R. says, hey, guys, I know Tom Holland has said he could soon be done playing Spider-Man, but I don't think he's being serious, especially with No Way Home obviously going to do well. Too many future projects left for him to do. Also, Andrew is saving MJ. 100%. I wouldn't say it's 100%, but I think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saving MJ makes poetic sense. So I think that's what's going to happen. Um, by the way, Tom Holland never said, by the way, my time as Spider-Man is almost up. He never said that. He was only talking in, in theoreticals and stuff like that. And no, I don't believe he's going to be done playing Spider-Man anytime soon. I, I just don't think so at all. All right, what's next? Alan says, big fan, I think Doctor Strange saying they're coming and I can't stop them. He is referring to the Maguire-verse and Garfield-verse converging into the MCU, which would explain what seems to be an amalgam-verse in the Morbius trailer. Um, maybe yes, maybe no. It could be much grander than that. Uh, like we said, they're all coming. I mean, I think it's going to be bigger than that. I mean, obviously, that would be a part of it, for sure, because we're expecting to see Andrew and Toby in there. Uh, which we don't know they're going to be in there, but we suspect they are. But I I think it's going to be bigger than that. I really do. I think they're hinting at something much larger than just those two. But we'll see. We'll find out soon enough, Alan. Thanks for writing that in, man. All right, what's next? Dennis Hernandez says, I love AMC A-List, but I am absolutely shocked by the amount of people who don't know about it. 
even with the commercial itself before the movie starts, great rant, by the way, <laughs> for big cities like L.A. or New York, even one use of an A-list movie could justify the price. Listen, I'll tell you what, uh, AMC A-list is the best thing to ever happen to movie fans. I like, I really believe that. Let's see if I can actually find my app. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the AMC A-list app, the plan, I pay $25 a month. I think I pay $25 a month for my AMC A-list, but that gets me three movies a week. Dang. That's 12 movies a month for a ticket that usually on average costs around $17. That's a good deal. It is a tremendous deal. Tremendous deal. I go to see two movies. It's already more than paid for itself. And I'll use it about eight, nine, ten times a month to go see it. So I'm saving probably about over 200 bucks a month for a $25 membership. Plus, it gets me free upgrades to my concessions. Like if all I have to do is pay for a medium soda and I get a large. All I have to do is pay for a medium popcorn, I get a large. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you get that as well. Uh, you get your own line. You get your there's a line for everybody else at the concessions, and then there's a line for AMC A-list members at the concessions. Um, which is funny because sometimes the A-list line is longer. But I mean, it is the best deal for movie fans out there. It is. You know, we have this, I have this argument with people all the time. It's like, oh, you know, the, the movie theater industry has to learn to adapt. Well, then you're blind because just before the pandemic hit, the movie theater industry has begun the met a biggest metamorphosis in the history, the biggest change, the biggest paradigm shift that the movie theater industry has ever gone through, going from a single pay use system where you want to see one movie, you got to buy one ticket. The transition from that to a monthly subscription-based model of Pay 25 bucks for AMC A-list, see 12 movies a month. Regal undergoing that metamorphosis. Arclight is undergoing that metamorphosis. Well, they were. Um, uh, Alamo Drafthouse is undergoing that metamorphosis. AMC, clearly. It is the best deal. If you have an AMC, theater, AMC movie theater near you anywhere, get A-list. You, you'll love it. It'll just get you into the movie theaters more. You'll be able to experience more movies for much cheaper. Saves you money. It's the greatest thing. It's the absolute greatest thing. All right, what's next? Nerds Engage says, about the release date for the tickets for No Way Home, what meal did Norman Os Osborne sit down and have with Aunt May in which she got his hand slapped? A holiday where family will be together to talk about things. A great day to show a trailer. Still the 29th. Are you talking about, I assume he's talking about Thanksgiving. I think he's saying Thanksgiving. Want to be very specific. American Thanksgiving. The real Thanksgiving is in October. Universal but yes, Thanksgiving. American <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's a good point. That could also be a good thing going into the holiday weekend saying tickets on sale. I think it's a great idea. All right. What's next? Brazilian Dude says, saw a screening of the upcoming Netflix movie, The Power of the Dog. Brilliant, brilliant film. Expect it to be a heavyweight contender at the Academy Awards in all major categories. If only the qualifying, if only the quality of all or most Netflix movies were this high. You know, I saw a trailer for it. I, I, I'm going to admit the trailer didn't do much for me. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, who I love Jesse so Plemons. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever see Game Night, the comedy Game Night? No, I didn't. Oh, I did not. Watch Rent Game Night tonight. It's okay. so okay. fun and so charming. I I love it. Rachel McAdams is in it. Um, 
is a wonderful little comedy. It's a fun little comedy. Jason Bateman in that? Uh, Jason Bateman is, yeah, okay, is and him see, and okay. Rachel McAdams are married in the movie. Okay. And Jesse Plemons plays their next door neighbor. And he's a supporting character, but Jesse Plemons is so good in this movie. Anyway, um, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst is in this movie as well. Um, His wife, yeah. It's, I didn't think the trailer looked all that great, to be honest with you. And I only saw it once, but hey, if you're saying it's pretty good, I might have to give it a shot. Thanks for letting us know about that Brazilian dude. All right, what's next? Rajan tips in in 20. Thank you, Rajan. Thank you. And says, Sony teased the original Ghostbusters returning in the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. So they've already proven that they'll spoil a surprise to get more ticket sales. Absolutely. So 100% chance they'll tease Toby and Andrew if there is another Spider-Man trailer. I, uh, you're 100% Rajan. Sorry, Ray. Sony has just shown <laughs> that they will put those surprises in the trailer because they know it'll increase ticket sales. And if they'll do that with Bill Murray, they'll do it with Tony and Andrew and they will sell all the tickets. Now I, I, I don't know that they will. First of all, we don't know that Toby and Andrew are in the movie. That's, I got to keep saying that because we got to remember that nobody at Sony or Marvel have, has ever acknowledged that Toby and Andrew are in the movie. So we don't know. And whatever video footage you've seen or images you've seen could very well have been faked and Photoshopped or composite or whatever. We all believe that they're in it, but we don't know. And if they are in it, we don't know that they'll show them in the trailer, but I think they will. I think they will. We'll find out. And the very fact that they just did that with Ghostbusters and showed the surprise, I think that speaks to the fact that if Toby and Andrew are in this movie, that there's a good chance we'll be seeing them in the final trailer. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. All right, what's next? Quentin Shibusawa says, with Toby and Andrew not being in the trailer, what will happen at the premiere? Will they not be at the red carpet? Or will it be another case like Sir Ben Kingsley at the Shang-Chi red carpet since I believed his role was supposed to be a surprise? Here's the thing. This is always, I remember going to which X-Men movie was it again? I was at one of the, uh, which X-Men movie was it? I was X-Men Days of Future Past. At the premiere for X-Men Days of Future Past. And all of a sudden, Famke Jansen shows up on the red carpet. And what is the name of the actor again from uh, Superman Returns? But he played Cyclops in the original X-Men movies. And oh, he's just he was in, in Sonic. Sonic the he was just Sean. James Marsden. James, James Marsden. Thank you, Ray. James Marsden. So we're at this premiere. All of a sudden, oh, there's Famke Jansen. What's she? Oh, and there's James Marsden. And oh, look, they're posing with the rest of the cast in pictures. Well, I guess we know who's popping up in this movie. And then the same thing at the Shang-Chi premiere. It's like, we're at the Shang-Chi premiere. It's like, oh, there's Ben, King's, ben, ben Kingsley's here. Well, yeah, I guess we know who's <laughs> popping up. I mean, we all suspected Ben Kingsley's character was going to pop up in a movie with the Mandarin. So we all suspected anyway, but him popping up. So yeah, I have a feeling if they do a live stream, which they have been doing, they've been doing live streams of the red carpets. If they do a live stream of the red carpet for this, yeah, I got a feeling you're going to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up. Andrew Garfield will say, oh, I'm not in this movie. I'm just, I'm just here to support it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what he'll say. So I don't know. But 
Yeah, I th- that's that's a possibility there. All right, what's next? Rajon says, another theory. Since they show Toby's Spider-Man on a poster in the Morbius trailer, the Sony Spider-Man movies will take place in the Raimi universe. Following the Marvel team-up model, Toby will play an older mentor Spider-Man's to Tom's Spider-Man. I think that's looking way too much into it, Rajon, to be honest with you. And again, it, it wasn't a poster. It was some street art in a back alley mural of Spider-Man on the wall, which could be, again, it might not have any meaning at all. It might. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying there's this good possibility there's no meaning to it at all, that it's just a random kind of Easter egg back there to get audiences excited. So I don't know, but I, I wouldn't go too far into it. Like, oh, this player character is going to be a mentor to this character. Uh, let's not go too far with it. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. I think it's a lot to speculate, though. All right. What's next? Suthia says, look, Ridley, Martin, and others like them, they're old geezers now. I'm sure the older you get, the less filthy action there is to be had maybe even happy hour alone time is reduced i don't pay them any mind with their comments just old and cranky um i'll say this Suthius. i think that's a dumb thing to say i think just because when somebody says something you don't like and agree with to just say oh it's just because they're old and cranky no that that's not fair it's it's, because that's pretending like they're the only ones in hollywood that have said that they don't like comic book movies there have been other younger performers that have done that as well. Now, look, I I do not like the comments, particularly from Redley Scott recently. If you're asked about comic book movies and you don't like comic book movies, just say, hey, they're not for me. Love that they're bringing so much business at our, at our box offices. Love that the audience are enjoying them. But for me, they're, they're not all that great. Just say that. Just say that and move on. You don't have to say something insulting other filmmakers and insulting studios and insulting the fans who like those things. Just say, hey, you know what? Not for me. I try to get into them because of my kids and grandkids, but personally, they don't hit home for me. So they're not for me, so I don't go out of my way to watch them. That's a totally fair thing to say. Nothing wrong with that. But just because somebody's saying something you don't like and expressing an opinion that you don't agree with, like I think it's classless to do that from a professional point of view. But then going out, oh, they're just old cranky geezers. There's, well, that's not exactly a good response to it either, Suthius. So I, I, I would say maybe back away from that. that. That's what I would say to that. All right, whatever. All right, what's next? Shooty Harris says, hey, John, big, fr- big fan from your birth city of Halifax. Not, not like everybody knows. I was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's where I was born. Have you, have you ever been back to Nova Scotia? Yep. It would be so dope to have you have you as a guest at HalCon, our Comic Con. Love the show. The best part of my day is when I get to bring on the Halifax. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, it's I, I have been back to Halifax, but it's been a lot of years. When was the last my, time you went? The last I went, I traveled through Halifax for like a for for a day because I I was going to Prince Edward Island for a bit of a vacation which is like, look, the East Coast Canada is like some of the most beautiful. That just sounds beautiful. Oh, it's so gorgeous. And anyway, and Halifax is beautiful. Prince Edward Island is gorgeous. Um, but that was like 15, 20 years ago. Oh, wow. That uh, this has been the last time that I have a chance to go back and visit Nova Scotia. So I really should go back. It's gorgeous and beautiful. And who knows, maybe someday I'll get to get out there to Halcon, man. Judy, thanks for saying that, man. All right, what's next? Shooty Harris says, hey, John, I'm taking a few days off work right now, right before Spider-Man No Way Home comes out so I can mentally be prepared for this shit. What will people do if Toby and Andrew aren't in the movie? Riot? Cancel Marvel? 
Hell hath no fury like a nerd's scorn. You know what? That is the truest thing ever. That is so freaking true. Because you we will might never burn find. It down. And I include myself in this. I'm in this too. Everybody in this room is a part of it. And you watching this is at home is a part of it. But there has never been a more entitled. There's never been another group with a bigger sense of entitlement than nerds. Nerds have the biggest, and I include all of us in this. Yeah. We have the most toxic, unhealthy sense of entitlement that maybe the world has ever seen. And it can get nasty and ugly and look really bad on our community. But yeah, if Toby and Andrew are not in this movie, which there is a possibility they're not, not likely, but a possibility they're not. Most of the average movie-going public won't say boo, won't care. But in the insanely self-entitled nerd community, oh yeah, there are going to be there are going to be people like like take to the streets, burn down the Mouse House, burn down Sony, blah blah. blah. Even though they were never promised, Sony and Marvel never said Andrew and Toby were in this. This has all been from fans. And it's fun to speculate. Just don't let speculation become expectation. But yeah, man, I'm telling you what, if they're not in this, you will see amongst the extremely self-entitled nerd community, and not even all of them, not even all of us, but you will see some corners of this self-entitled nerd community get real pissed. I mean, just look what happened with WandaVision when it turned out that freaking what's his name, didn't turn out to be Quicksilver. No one ever said he was going to be Quicksilver. No one ever said that. It's just everybody said, oh, he's the Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. This is the big crossover. No one ever said that. And it turned out they were wrong. <laughs> and I said from day one, he ain't Quicksilver. And he wasn't, but people got mad. That was such a trick. And that's that was... nothing. But it got, it got us, hey. That is nothing compared to what's going to happen if Toby and Andrew are not in this movie. They will burn you to ground. There are the people ground. who are going to be so mad and have no right to be mad, but will be so mad. All we should care about is, is the movie good? And if they pop up, cool. If they don't, oh, well, was the movie good? That's all anybody should care about. But there are going to be people that go into this movie, and maybe it'll be the greatest comic book movie of all time, but all they will do is bitch and moan and cry and complain if Toby and Andrew are in it. The day after is going to be um, an interesting day. The day after it comes out, for sure. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. We still got a few minutes left. What's next? Roll of the egg says, Hi, all. Kim, congrats on your new level of activity and responsibility on the John Campia show. You too, Ray. <laughs> As a... As a father of 30-somethings, I loved your tribute to your father on WGK. I don't know what WGK is. Oh, on What's Good, Kimberly. Oh, on my YouTube channel, I did, uh, it was my dad's 64th oh. birthday. Oh. And my dad is a sensei. He does martial arts. Oh, cool. And my dad loves movies, too. So I did it like an interrogation. And I incorporated s several scenes from our favorite movies, like John Wick and... Because my dad, he is 64, and he just competed at a martial arts tournament. Wow. And he fought three guys that were half his age and cleaned house. The <laughs> man cleaned up, I tell you. So that's what he's talking about. Okay. All right. I, too, wear a black belt, but mine has holes in a buckle. <laughs> you three have great alchemy. Oh, uh, thank that's you so really much sweet. for that roll of the egg. 
That is so cool to hear about your dad. Yeah, yeah. My channel's called What's Good, Kimberly. And yeah, my dad, he's a sensei. He's changed. He works a lot with autistic kids, too. And the parents, man, they just love him. My dad is... Ah, I don't want to cry. My dad is my hero. And so it was really cool to do. That is really okay. cool to hear. <laughs> All right. What's ah. next? Okay. Jojo Giraffe says, regarding Tom Holland as Bond, I feel like a hypocrite, but I just can't see him as Bond. I try to have the same mindset as you. X actor and X role doesn't matter as long as it's a good actor. And I do believe he's a good actor, but I can't see it. I feel guilty because after the hate Craig got, he proved everyone wrong and showed fans and showed how fans should give the new Bond a chance before rushing to hate. Casino Royale equals masterpiece. No matter what actor, I still try to hold off judgment until after. Yeah, look, that's the thing. Look, the, the only thing I care about when they're casting somebody in a role is, are they getting a good actor? Is the actor a good, talented performer? Now, there is an issue of fit. Yeah. But here's the thing. The reason I don't care about it is because I haven't read the script. I don't know what a fit is for that role. I leave it to the director and to the writers and the casting people who do know how this role is supposed to come across. And so only they know if it's a good fit. That's it. They're the only ones who know it's a good fit. Now, obviously, do I think John Goodman should play He-Man. No. <laughs> Absolutely. There are, uh, John Goodman is one of the great <laughs> actors of our, of our era, but I'm saying, no, obviously John Goodman should not be playing He-Man. There are extreme examples, of course, but generally speaking, just get a good actor. And you raise a great point about, listen, everybody forgets about it now, but when Daniel Craig got cast to play James Bond, there was such a massive hate campaign against it. And they even started this trending thing, Craig Not Bond. There was this big online thing that they were starting. They were getting petitions That's so to get, up. this guy's got blonde hair. I remember the blonde hair thing. This guy's got blonde hair. What is going on? Did you say anarchy? <laughs> and so they started this big Craig Not Bond thing. It is hard for a lot of people now to imagine anybody but Daniel Craig playing James Bond. He was a great James Bond. I remember when Hugh Jackman got cast to play Wolverine. And everybody's like, it should have been Danzig. Danzig should have been Wolverine. And, and it's like, this guy, he's a Broadway song and dance man. He can't play Wolverine. He's too tall. He's over six feet tall. He can't play. Who can imagine anybody but Hugh Jackman? I don't now? want a world where he's not. Where, that that he wasn't Wolverine. When everybody pretends like they were the exception, but when they cast Heath Ledger as Joker. Everyone's like, Brokeback Boy? The guy from Brokeback is Joker a gay cowboy now? He's the guy from Brokeback Mountain? And now, who doesn't profess to love Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker? What I, it doesn't always work out. Obviously, it doesn't always work out. But this is why, leave it to the directors to know if the actor is a good fit. And then we should just worry about, is that a talented actor? Heath Ledger was a talented actor. I mean, he was a little hit and miss. He had a few things that I wasn't so thrilled about. But overall, he was a gifted, talented actor. Hugh Jackman, look, if you can do Broadway, then you've got chops. You've got chops if you can do Broadway. And Daniel Craig, they knew he was a good actor. He can do it. And that's, that's why, yeah, we should just... So Tom Holland wants to be James Bond. Okay, I don't see it personally. But if they ever did cast him as Bond, I'll just go, well... 
They know what they're going for in this new Bond, and we don't know yet. Holland's a good actor. He's got chops. So if they ever announced it, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. All right, what's next? Remmer Bulldog says, Hey, John, my theory for No Way Home is at the end when Doctor Strange says they're all coming in, I think he means a lot of multiverse of madness villains Oh, that we'll see in Doctor Strange 2. Also, I'm glad they're focusing this movie on Tom Holland. Yeah, I never I never worried that Tom Holland would get lost in the shuffle of this Spider-Man movie. They, they've already shown, Marvel has shown, like in Captain America Civil War, there are a lot of characters. But it was indisputably a Captain America movie. He was at the center of the whole thing. And I think that's going to be the case here too. I don't think this movie is just going to be one big setup for Doctor Strange 2. This movie will have a beginning, middle, and end with an open door going into Doctor Strange 2, but I don't think it's just going to be one big setup for that movie. I don't think they'll make that mistake. At least I hope they won't. All right, what's next? Orange Grove 55 says, if the reports are true that Chapek is avoiding D23 due to fears of being booed slash harassed, I think that is sad. And as a fan community, we can slash should do better. There are constructive ways to have our voices heard. Booing, et cetera, is not productive in my humble opinion. I, I mean, look, to a degree, I, I agree with you. Look, it is the fan's right to cheer and a fan's right to boo. I feel it, it is a little weird, though, just booing a person. Like when I was at CinemaCon and Adam Aaron, CEO of AMC, got on stage, I came very close to causing a scene. I did. I came close to causing a scene because wow. that fucktwit got on stage and took credit for saving AMC theaters during this big pandemic. He made it, he was making it sound like he's the one who got him through. And it's like, hey, moron. Um, yeah, it was meme stock that saved AMC that you had nothing to do with. It was this group of Reddit users that was a cool situation, artificially, yeah. it was, was artificially dope. inflating the stock of AMC prices where you were able to sell off more stock and raise hundreds of millions of dollars for the company. That had nothing to do with you. You got lucky. And you're the same asshole who, when the pandemic was happening, you laid off like 30,000 AMC employees. Well, well, hey, you got to do what you got to do to keep the business alive. But in the midst of laying off 30,000 employees, you accepted a $9 million bonus from the company when the company was too broke to keep employees paid to keep people in their jobs. And you took millions in bonuses for laying people off. Yeah, I almost caused a scene. I didn't. I sat there and kept my mouth shut. But the point is, I also feel kind of conflicted over the idea of just booing somebody just because they exist and they're there. But again, if you're a Disney fan and you pay to be at a Disney function, you have the right to cheer something. You got the right to boo something. And so I, 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 to a degree, I agree with you, Orange. I do feel weird about it and conflicted about it, but it is a fan's right to cheer or boo. All right, what, what's next? Let's just, do, uh, let's just do two more here, and then we'll wrap it up today. Okay, this comes from David27. Love No Way Home trailer. I've not been this hype for a movie since Avengers Endgame. I feel like the third act of this movie will have a similar vibe to Endgame's third act, but on a smaller version. 
version. I agree. I, I think they're going to try to recapture some of that endgame magic with their own on your left kind of moment, whether that's with when Toby and Andrew come through a portal or maybe they're there already or whether, again, Wesley Snipes pops up as Blade or, or Patrick Stewart shows up as Professor Charles Xavier. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Could be crazy, though, David. All right. Last one of the day. What's next? Lewis T. Media says, everyone seems to believe it's Spider-Man that's been edited out of the trailer. I think it's a really good chance that it could be Doc Ock punching the lizard and Doctor Strange facing off with Electro. Over, under, I'm right. First submission, bring on the filthy. Uh, thanks for writing in, Lewis. Appreciate that. Um, look, we've said for a long time that ever since that trailer dropped, that yeah, it's probably most likely Toby and 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 uh, Andrew. But there's also a very good chance that it's Venom and Doc Ock. Again, I don't see any purpose to uh, take out Doctor Strange. Everybody knows he's in the movie. He's already in the trailers. Nothing to hide there. But if Venom is now working with Spider-Man, and as we suspect, Doc Ock is, is on Peter's side, then that is something you would digitally take out to keep a secret. Again, I still think the most obvious and likely scenario is that it's Toby and Andrew. It's Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield. I think that is the most likely scenario, but I do believe it is possible that it could end up being those two, but you never know. We'll find out soon enough though, maybe even on the 29th when a new trailer drops and I get to celebrate another day of not eating ketchup on eggs. But with that being said, guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia show. Thank you so much, guys, for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the tip comments and the super chat questions and all that kind of stuff. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here at the John Campia Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Of course, I want to thank the two people in the room with me. First of all, the soon-to-be-wearing... Uh, Big surprises! What, what are we going to call it? Tutu Tuesday? I think that's what... I think... <laughs> I think that's what the 30th is going to be. Two, two, Tuesday. Hooray. Or a big surprise. Don't ever add me anybody. It's the end of my career <laughs> so, on Monday. Thank you to Ray for being here. And Ray, where can, where can people uh, follow you if they want it's, to follow you on different things? It's Ray Aura with uh, the O is a zero. That's it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> regretting this bet. So Hashtag two, two, Tuesdays. Two, and of two, course, Tuesday. Kimberly Kern as well. Kimberly, where can people follow you? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's was good Kimberly. And if you ever want to see the tribute to my dad, it's on my YouTube channel. What's good Kimberly. All right, guys, you guys can, of course, follow me on social media simply at John Campia. You can see that right there. Okay, guys, thanks a lot for being here. Don't forget to come back again for the John Campia show tomorrow. Uh, and by the way, we are going to be doing on Wednesday, our post-game show for, I was, about, I was about to say Black Widow. I don't know why I was going to say Black Widow. But anyway, for Hawkeye, of course, Hawkeye debuts Tuesday at midnight here for me. So Wednesday afternoon, we'll be doing our uh, spoiler discussion post-game show for that. Make sure you join us for that. But again, come back for the John Campia Show tomorrow. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>